And again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. The number to reach us to join the conversation this evening is 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're streaming live at several locations. You can go to timeforanawakening.com, which is the homepage, and catch the live stream. At that location, you can go to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Catch the live stream there also. You can go to abibitumi.com. That's A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I dot com forward slash time for an awakening. And the live stream ought to be rolling there. Or you can download the TuneIn radio app to any of your devices. TuneIn is a free app. In a TuneIn search engine, just type in Time for an Awakening. There you'll see the icon, and you can stream the program live, even into your car if you have the Bluetooth capabilities or the auxiliary connection. Again, that's Time for an Awakening radio program with the live stream or the TuneIn app. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Again, that's timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Com. Time for an awakening. Also, have the fan page on Facebook and that Facebook search engine. You just type in Time for an Awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by myself or Brother Richard. And do me a favor before you leave that page, just hit that like button. That's Time for an Awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook and Time for an Awakening media is also there. Always full of the latest podcasts of the various programs on Time for an Awakening media. Interesting articles that you can read. Download it later times and share with your friends. Also check out that Time for an Awakening Marketplace and our partnership with the BB Toomey. Always interesting things in the marketplace all the time. Various African language classes, classes on education, economics, social systems, health, and much, much more being taught by professors on both the continent and in the diaspora. So again, make that one of your favorites. Put that in your address bar. That's timeforanawakening.com. Timeforanawakening.com will take you straight to time for an awakening media it's 707 here on this uh wintry sunday night here in the city of philadelphia and we're in the sunday edition of time for an awakening our guest this evening male co-chair of simo tap psychiatrist dr james mcintosh and brother kwabana Sadiki razul of clear the airwaves. Both the brothers are joining us tonight to billboard the online discussion. No more whipping posts for Kyrie or Kanye. It'll be interesting dialogue tonight uh, around uh, the conversation centered around these two men. And you can be part of the conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We'll be right back to get the program started after a brief word from our sponsors. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and and our enemies. Everybody is here. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. 
All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency in business for over 20 years. Located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Overworked, suffering with an underperforming company, headache customer, staff, or vendors, or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not what you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative accounting, operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now. Book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go, what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. From antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening with your host, Brother Elliot, Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit us up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. Before we get started with our program this evening, we welcome in my co-host, Philadelphia activist and tour guide at the African American Museum here in Philadelphia at 7th and Art Street. Brother Richard is with us. Brother Richard. 
Yes, sir, brother Elliot. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing fine. You know, as you said, it's cold, cold, cold outside, and too cold for brother man. But uh, you know, I think I'm suited up. I've been trying some new stuff. Um, so, but other than that, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> you know, the, the conversation we're having tonight around, and I don't know to say around um, the ADL, and and it's. Um, I was I was wondering, should I say free speech mechanism? Um, that they, the mechanism they have against free speech or ADL um, in relationship to surveillance, um, its mechanism of surveillance, or ADL and its impact, the psychological impact it has had on, on black folks in general in their campaign to be able to deal with this phrase that they seem to accuse every so often, every time everybody opens their mouth, about anti-Semitism. So I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe um, engage that in, as it relates to um, Kanye and Kanye, you know, in this episode. You know, uh, before we introduce our guests and kind of get started with the conversation, Richard. Um, and I didn't realize it till I spoke earlier with uh, 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 Dr. McIntosh about Tory Smith and the statements that he was accused of. Uh, of anti-Semitism, uh, you don't follow sports like that, Richard. But uh, Tory Smith was a wide receiver here with the Philadelphia team that won the Super Bowl. He was also in Baltimore, where he won, and he's retired now. But he made a statement a couple of weeks ago, and it got by me. I didn't realize it, and I usually try to stay up on a lot of stuff, especially stuff that, that we uh, are involved in in this uh, so-called news cycle. But let me let me read this for the listening audience. This came from a published report two weeks ago. It says on Wednesday, Tory Smith, former Baltimore Ravens player and two-time Super Bowl champ, referenced Kanye West's recent anti-Semitic comments in a tweet. And this is a quote. Kanye never got canceled for saying all of the wild things he said about black folks because there aren't many black people in powerful positions, he wrote. He literally offended a group of people that do have power and influence in every space. That was his tweet. It says, mm-hmm. shortly following, Orthodox Jewish Baltimore City Councilman Yitzi Scheifler, I guess that's his name, responded courageously and ultimately had a phone conversation with Smith about the harmful impact of such statements has on the Jewish community. Scheffler said in an interview that the phone call with Smith allowed both men to share uh, their backgrounds and their informed perspectives. Although he said in a video Wednesday night that he would not apologize, Smith issued an apology on Thursday afternoon in, in a tweet following his conversation with Scheffler. And this is another quote. After taking some, after talking to some of my friends and members of the Jewish community, I would like to apologize for the hurt that some people have experienced from my tweet, he wrote. I'm speaking strictly about representation, but recognize that my points fall in line with an anti Semitic trope. I know what it means for Jewish community during this time. Smith said he can be stubborn when it comes to saying sorry, 
but that he considers himself an ally to the Jewish community. The African-American and Jewish communities are more linked together in their struggles than anything else. When asked about whether he believes his statements played into anti-Semitic tropes, Smith said, my intentions, no, but people uh, who were impacted says yes. So, yes, it does. So here we go again, Richard, uh, with another brother made to apologize for statements supposedly anti-Semitic. Our guest this evening will have a virtual conversation in reference to this and other topics centering around this. Simo uh, Taps virtual forum, No More Whipping Posts for Kyrie or Kanye, will be held on Saturday, November 26th at 2 p.m. Our guest this evening in conversation is with us, Dr. James McIntosh, a male co-chair of Simo Tap, and Brother Kwabana Siddiqui Rasuli of, uh, oh my goodness, the paper's not in front of me, but both men are with Clear us. The the <laughs> Clear the airways. Uh, Brother Kwabana, Dr. McIntosh, how are you, sir? I'm glad to have you with us on Time for Awakening. Wonderful, brother. Thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah, good to be here, brother. Uh-huh. Brother Kwabana, I've, I've heard a lot about you and uh, over the years from uh, Brother Scotty Reed. And he tells me that uh, you and him uh, used to uh, uh, do a lot of things together and, and bring some of these things to uh, light. So I'm glad to have you. This is the first time you've been with us on the program. I'm glad to have you with us. Oh, right on. Yeah, my brother Scotty Reed, Black Talk Media Network. Yes, indeed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, well, I, I'll kind of start things off with uh, uh, Dr. McIntosh. Uh, Dr. McIntosh, I saw your post online, and uh, yes, we had been talking about this. I knew it's an important topic for us to talk about, and I see that you're having an uh, online conversation sponsored by CMOTAP in reference to this conversation. Uh, go ahead and billboard some of the things that are going to be discussed and why you thought it was important that, of an organization that that uh, represents uh, uh, uh positive images of black people in media. Uh, talk about uh, CMOS Tap's position on this and also just your feelings personally about this particular subject. Okay, I'm glad you kind of ended with my feelings because I'll be honest with you, it hurts me when I see uh, these black men um, beaten down to apologize and uh, essentially uh, emasculated uh, given some process of things that they have to do, including to pay tribute, uh, both apparently monetarily and uh, uh, verbally, to the Anti-Defamation League. Uh, what I shared, the post you saw was an article that I wrote in um, 1993 uh, about the Anti-Defamation League. Uh, when it came to light, the spying activities that they were doing on various organizations around the country with a large focus on black organizations. Uh, I thought that if, you know, if either Kyrie or Kanye had known that this was an organization that monitored uh, black people, spied in their meetings, uh, had a network of, of media um, producers around the country in newspapers and, and uh, in, you know, in print and in broadcast who could at a given second smear 
a person very quickly and and that this was what was to account for this uh, seemingly groundswell of uh, opinion against them. That if, if they had known these things, that maybe they wouldn't have, um, you know, felt the amount of pressure that they felt. And really this stuff is all uh, documented. You know, you can go to the newspapers of the day and uh, both the white newspapers and the black newspapers, but of course it disappeared out of the uh, white newspapers and it's disappeared out of the collective memory, apparently, of the United States. This organization has no moral authority to tell anybody anything and especially tell black people things. When they sold... Uh, the address of black activists here in, 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 in America, sole information about an activist in South Africa, uh, Chris Haney, uh, who was assassinated. Uh, you know, this is, this organization, uh, has employed thuggish types of, uh, uh, methods. And if, I felt that if the, if the brothers had known, they would have been able to resist a little more. And that if, you know, the, their colleagues had known, maybe their colleagues would have come more to their, uh, defense. Uh, how can we put somebody else's pain over our pain? If Corey was feeling pain about what took place, he doesn't have to apologize to somebody else because, uh, you know, because they don't like what he said, especially if he didn't say anything wrong. If what he said is true, uh, I don't care if it's a trope. Uh, a trope is this word they have for these uh, off-stated uh, things that people say that offend them. Among them, if you say that uh, um, that Jewish people played any role in the slave trade, if you say that Jewish people are powerful, that they have, uh, you know, I, I guess a lot of money and a lot of power, these are supposed to be things that offend them, and I, I just don't see how it, how it could. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. But, but Brother Kwabana? Brother Kwabana may have left, but I think I did want to add one more thing, especially in light of the uh, way that the media has portrayed black people over the years. And um, if you can look in books that have been written by Jewish people, such as uh, How the Jews Invented Hollywood, an empire of their own, and you see the roles that they played in some of these movies, uh, the Tarzan movies, uh, the move, you know, movies with blackface. You see the way that uh, various performers, such as Al Jolson and Eddie Cantor, have put on blackface, and the way that basically we have been uh, demeaned and ridiculed by many races, uh, many groups of people, but certainly a, 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 a good representation uh, from among Jewish people. Uh, then who owes whom the apology? I don't see where we should be apologizing to anybody for anything that uh, we say that's true or that we say that's within our, within our rights to say. You know, to tweet a movie should be within your rights uh, to tweet a movie. And you don't have to know everything that's in the movie. I mean, at the extreme. And see, I don't want to give anybody a sound bite. But, I mean, um, the president of the United States had, uh, you know, had a, a bunch of hitless speeches right next to his bedside. So, you know, if the president can have, you know, uh, Nazi literature in his library and at his bedside, it seems to me like uh, like Kyrie should be able to tweet a movie to somebody, especially a movie that uh, a guy named Jeff Bezos is selling on Amazon. You know, if they're selling it on Amazon, what responsibility does a basketball player have for its content? 
So that that's that, that that's the that's that's my first initial you know my initial statement and uh, maybe Brother Quabin is back by now. Brother Quabin? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. You Bro- know, it's go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. You had a question. No, just, just uh, your feelings, your initial feelings on <clears throat> number one participating in the virtual forum to deal with this topic, and just your feelings about what's going on with these young men and seemingly across the country. Uh, last year, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, who is a, who was a member of the Philadelphia football team, uh, made a statement in reference to, uh, the original Jews being black and he was lambasted, uh, made to take, uh, Jews to Auschwitz, go through all types of sensitivity courses, apologize several times. And it was, it was almost on the heels of Nick Cannon's comments. So, just your feelings in reference to these young men being emasculated in front of the world, basically, and, and uh, dealing with some of the issues that you deal with as far as uh, uh, clearing the airwaves. Yeah, we're, we're being um, emasculated. We're being uh, lyrically, our children and youth are being lyric, lyrically raped by this music, violently raped by this music. Uh, it's, it's so many things to un- uncover with this whole piece. And um, like we're saying, you know, the, when you look at the music industry, uh, many of those who, who will power in that industry, you know, consider themselves to be to be Jewish, many of them. And, you know, it's just hypocritical, uh, this whole thing that they're doing. And one of the things that I think we need to uh we need to look at when we look at Kanye or Ye as he calls himself now and Kyrie, but the whole Kanye West or Ye, we would call him. We remember when he said that George Bush don't care about black people back in 2005 after Katrina, mm-hmm. but I was Kanye don't Kanye who don't care about black people. And then later I added waste on there uh, mainly because of the content and the things he was saying and the things he was doing. Uh, in terms of the music industry and, you know, and just decisions he was making and the popularity that he was given and getting uh, around the, around the world, really around the African world and just so many other places that it was really detrimental to our people. But we don't, we, we're going to stop calling him waste because with his uh, narcissism, with his, like he had a song called, uh, you can't tell me nothing. That was a pretty big hit. And with that, it's like, you know, he didn't acquiesce as soon as a lot of the others who are called out on this so-called uh, anti-Semitism. He didn't acquiesce uh, right away to them. And he's still, you know, pushing back on that. But what this is doing is bringing up a lot of contradictions. And a lot of times, again, they just bring that word up and we, they go, we sweep it under the world too much. And there's other cases, too, that we fight it and what have you. But this one right now, with, in this time of social media, with all these other things happening, it's bringing up a lot of contradictions that really need to be addressed and brought up. And then on the heels of that, uh, what happened with Kyrie, like the, like the good doctor just shared and talked about, and that atrocity. And I understand, I think he's supposed to be playing tonight. That's what I heard a little earlier today. This is first first game back uh, after his suspension is over. Uh, I think seven or eight games suspended is what it came out to be. So the, the contradiction, and, and again, Doc said, how can we put someone else's pain 
over our pain. You know, but you know, as John Henry Clark said, is we got to deal with the essential selfishness of survival, and we protect ourselves. They call that, I guess, it's protecting themselves. Never again. What took place in the in the Holocaust? They never want to happen again. So don't disparage them with any sort of derogatory term, or don't even say Jewish in most cases. And so it's uh, it's something that they throw up a lot of times. Like for instance, here I, I live in the Gary Gary area, and we know in Detroit and Chicago and so many cities around the country now, there's a lot of uh, Arab merchants who run the gas stations in the small stores. And we've been, we've been, you know, raising some, some sand about that. We've been talking about this issue and how they push these poisonous products in our community. So when we say that the Arab owned gas stations, are we anti, is that being anti-Semitic also? You know, isn't a Semite also an uh, uh, Arab, some Arab, also African languages too. So that's the thing that we, you know, that's the contradiction. They don't, they don't throw that up real quick, but in this case they do. And so we're going to just talk about these contradictions. We got um, a, a list. They gave Kyrie a list of six things that he had to do in order to get reinstated back into the league in order to play basketball again. And so we have a list of, uh, of five things that, the NBA, if they're talking so much about this hateful rhetoric and trying to protect protect people from from harm, you know, right now you're sanctioning. There's a lot of things that you're sanctioning right now that promotes danger and harm to the masses of our people. And so we got we got a list of five things that we're going to share um, concerning that. You know, um, before I pass the mic over to Brother Richard, I want to play a clip of. Um of something that was said by uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, everybody knows who Kareem is, was a Hall of Fame basketball player. And he participates now in a ADL sports leadership council that they formed. Uh, David Silver, who's the director of the NBA, Roger Goodell, who's on the NFL, both of these men already have track records as far as what they're doing in their sports with uh, Robert Sarver making all kind of uh, disparaging comments about black people and getting a slap on the wrist. Uh, The NFL, we know what goes on there constantly all the time. But they sit on this board, this ADL form sports uh, 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 leadership council. I did see some black names on there. Venus Williams is on the board. Uh, a former football player, Ronnie Lott, is on the board. Um, Derek Johnson, who's uh, the head of the NAACP, sits on the board, and also Jabbar. And there might be one or two that I'm missing. Uh, none of them made statements about Conrad, Kanye or Kyrie. Jabbar did. I guess he was instructed to or, or was allowed to put it that way. Uh, let me play his statements on CNN. And I noticed something, and me and Richard talked about this on the program. When white press asks black folks something, they ask them direct questions. And I guess they really want to see how they're going to answer it. Uh, This uh, host of this program, and his name escapes me, and it really doesn't matter what his name is, asked Jabbar three questions. You'll catch the three questions. But Jabbar doesn't answer any of the three. 
he gives his own answer. He doesn't give an answer to the question. But I just want you to hear the conversation between this CNN host and Jabbar. It lasts about three minutes. Listen to what he asked him in reference to Kyrie. And then I'm going to come back to our guests, and I'm going to pass the mic to Brother Richard. Let me see if I can uh, get this thing queued up here. If I can uh, find it. i got a bunch of ones on here that I, I wanted to uh, uh, to share. And always when you need it, it's not. I can't seem to see it. Oh, here it is. Here it is for our listening audience. Joined now by an NBA legend and outspoken advocate for social justice issues, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number 33. So good to see you again, Kareem. What should it take for Irving to return to the court? What do you think of this list of requirements? Well, I I think um, Kyrie has to understand what's happening He's being unwittingly used to promote hatred and uh, anti-Semitism. And even though he doesn't see himself as being anti-Semitic by uh, joining forces and making posts like that, uh, he can be used. And uh, I think that's what's happened. You're not new to this uh, fight. I just want to stop it there. When he asked him about the six things that Kyrie is required to do in order to return. Jabbar didn't address Anders six things. He just made an assertion saying that he was being used. Now, here's the, and you'll hear the other two. Two years ago when Philadelphia Eagles' Deshaun Jackson tweeted anti-Semitic comments, you wrote in The Hollywood Reporter, quote, if we're going to be outraged by injustice, let's be outraged by injustice against anyone, unquote, um, it seems to be similar, a similar circumstance here, the same kinds of tropes uh, from Deshaun Jackson, Kyrie Irving, Yay, a.k.a. Kanye West. Why? Why do they all seem so similar? Um, I think the lack of awareness of the harm that they're doing, uh, both to the black community and to other communities, the LGBT community, the Latinx community, all of these marginalized communities uh, are all really in one lump. If we don't uh, try to protect everyone, we won't protect anyone. We have to have that attitude about it and make sure that all marginalized groups receive the same protection as the, the groups that are, that are used to uh, getting that protection and, and feeling safe. I saw. A- There's a second question. He asked him about the common thread between Deshaun Jackson's remarks, Kanye Kanye West's po- uh, uh, Kyrie Irving's post, and uh, Kyrie Irving's uh, post and Kanye West's remarks about the common thread between all of them. Now it is a common thread between them all, but he went on talking about uh, LGBTQ and other marginalized groups need to be protected. Again, Kareem is an intelligent man. He didn't answer any of these questions so far. Let me play this last one, then I'm going to pass the mic to Brother Richard. Uh, A post uh, by a Jewish American saying that Jews are are in a way in a a bind here, in a catch-22, 
if they do something, if they protest the kinds of statements that Kyrie Irving put out there, which is that documentary is full of invented nonsense and lies about Jews being Satanists and that sort of thing. If they protest and there are consequences, then supporters of Kyrie Irving say, oh, look, see, Jews are powerful. We're not allowed to say anything about them, blah, blah, blah. And if Jews don't do anything about it, then the hate just con continues unfettered. It's really a no-win situation. Well, you know, um, a number of blacks expected uh, support from Jewish groups during the Black Lives Matters uh, movement. And uh, they got that help. But uh, when the reverse was necessary, it, we ended up with silence. And uh, for, for, for weeks, uh, you know, Jews and Jewish kids were picked on and singled out. And uh, we, we, we can't let that happen. The, the condemnation of anti-Semitism and other forms of discrimination has to be immediately announced and pointed out so that everybody understands what's going on and who the culprits are. And when we can do that, we're going to make some progress because the people who aren't educated on these uh, issues will uh, start to wise up. Bridget, join in the conversation. You know, I, I don't even know where to join in that. But, <laughs> um, you know, and I, and I, well, I'll do this um, because there's uh, thoughts that came to my mind as we were, as I was thinking about the conversation we're going to have. And 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 Dr. McIntosh, I, the first thought I, I had was, and I and, and I would like both of you gentlemen to 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 you know help me with this. Is there a social psychological effect by this constant bombardment about anti-Semitism coming from the ADL as it relates to Black people specifically? If that makes sense. Yes, they, they uh, took the time to publish. Uh, I mean, they have more than one publication along these lines, but one of them was called Black Demagogues and Black Anti-Semitism. So it, it's, it's a campaign to put, you know, anti-Semitism. By anti-Semitism, they mean things that we say, you know, things that, you know, uh, if you talk about certain areas that they don't like, like them being powerful, stuff like that, they're saying that these things are anti-Semitic in their tropes. You know, they're groups, armed groups, of people who really are anti-Semitic, who are Nazis. You, you, I mean, uh, you know, there's a picture of uh, uh, David Duke who actually wore a Nazi uniform. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that kind of energy should really be directed in, in that direction. But for some reason, they're directing it uh, towards us. Now, I think the social psychological effect of that is, you know, it's like, if you go to a place where there's a lot of bullies and you can't fight, right, you you can find somebody that you can beat and pick on them. So we are perceived as the ones with no power. They would rather uh, demonstrate their aggression to everyone. You know, these are these are like um, uh, gestures, you know, that are done to 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 impress everybody else on us because it's easy to do that to us. I mean, it's easy to when I say us. I don't mean me personally. I mean, you know, to to our people. You take these athletes. I mean, what have they been studying other than basketball? Other than, you know, when I'm not putting them down, I'm just saying, you know, but they've had to focus in order to get that good, in order to be that. Just, they've had to focus. They don't know anything about these issues. So when they pick on them, they don't have to get 
a, a learned response. They don't have to get uh, somebody who can tell them, oh, oh, yes, you know, uh, uh, you you do have some involvement, and in, uh, you did have some involvement in the slave trade. You don't, you know, you don't have somebody who can respond back to them. So the the effect is not only on us. They are one. They paint it just as everything else. You know, we're like, we're the toilet for everything that they feel that everything that the, all of these races feel is bad. We're the toilet for crime. We're the toilet for drugs. We're the toilet for, in other words, using us, using our face to represent those things serves a purpose for the non-black person. That's the, that's one psychological, uh, uh, one psychological uh, goal of theirs. The other thing is, is that it beats black people back so that we can't really, I mean, Kanye's, uh, so that we can't really not only compete, but we can't even complain about exploitative business arrangements that exist. You know, if you if you do that, you, you you're going to be called an anti-Semite. So if you really look at a lot of Kanye's uh, remarks, he's really talking about dissatisfaction with the business arrangements that he has. He he wants a bigger uh, cut of the pie, but by beating him down in this way. It, 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 it serves the effect of making uh, it serves the same pur- purpose as the whipping post. Mm. You know, you take the baddest and the biggest uh, black man and you beat him until you break him. And then after you've done that, then you don't have to worry about the people there because you look, you say, dog, they could do that to Kanye. I mean, in fact, uh, I think 50 Cent even verbalized it. He said he didn't want to do anything that had them, you know, do this kind of stuff to Kanye. So it serves, you know, those are the purposes that I see that it serves. With respect to the psychology, I think that 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 um, when you heard Kareem Jabbar's comments, it was clear he had a script. They had given him some talking points, and he didn't know where to apply them. He might be an intelligent man in certain, you know, in certain arenas, but in this arena, he was, uh, I mean, I, to me, he came off like a clown. Yes. Um he, 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 the, 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 the defense mechanism in terms of, of what he was programmed to say is the psychological defense mechanism called projection. When you talk about use, he was saying that they were being, but in fact, it was him who was being used. He was being used, given a script, I, I think, given a script and then he projected that off onto the black people who are actually thinking, actually analyzing, actually taking a look at what is their relative position, uh, not only to this ethnic group, but to other non-black ethnic groups, non-African ethnic groups, and expressing dissatisfaction. So, th- I mean, I hope I answer. I don't want to do like Kareem. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> I don't have a script. I'm, this is totally yeah, and, and, and this is a conversation, and, and you know, that's why uh, I think that, well, I, I'm assuming, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, what, what you are going to be hosting is a, in exploring this is in relationship to a conversation about how Kanye and Kyrie is being used. So, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, since you you asked, so I'm going to tell you, there are a number of different approaches we're going to take on this. Okay. I mean, there's certain factual things that were stated in these demands that they had. We want to show the actual factual information. 
We also want to get to what is this fight really about? Is it really about some words? Is it about, or is it an attempt to beat down one community so that you can continue to have the relationship that you have with them? And another thing we're going to do is I want to show people I have actual pictures of, of both articles that occurred in the past, uh, issues that occurred in the past, you know, uh, documents that, that, you know, there's, there's certain things that have been asserted. They're either true or they're not true. So with documents, you're able to take a look at them. And I kind of want to, in, in, in certain aspects, we're going to do some of the same things that were done in the uh, uh, secret relationship between blacks and Jews. Because, you know, you can't argue with if somebody was the chair of the board of the Dutch East India Company or the chair of the board of the Dutch West India Company or if a particular ethnic group represented 100% of the board of the Dutch East India Company, and we know just from high school what the Dutch East India Company and the Dutch West India Company uh, was involved in, then how are you going to say you had no involvement in slavery? It makes no sense. You see, so these are the kind of things we want to do. We want to actually present facts. We're not interested in calling anybody else any names. We're not interested in... uh, uh, oppressing anybody else. We're interested in defending ourselves and we're interested in giving information to our people so that they can defend themselves and don't have to punk out when people come to them with a, a intellectual uh, um, accusation, you know, with an informational accusation. Uh, and so, you know, just something to, I mean, it, like if, if Kanye had said in the beginning, I mean, not Kanye, Kyrie had said, well, I didn't make this video. I got this from Jeff Bezos from Amazon. I mean, that would be at least something that puts a buffer between him and this accusation of being anti-Semite. How are you going to hold him more accountable than the people who distributed, sold, and are still selling the uh, thing that you're saying he shouldn't even look at? We're being infantilized. We're being told they want to put us in the position of where we have to ask permission to say something, where we have to ask, uh, we have to be fearful. uh, Are we going to offend somebody else? We don't owe anybody else anything else. With, With the things that other people have done to us over hundreds of years, over the wealth and the uh, uh, um, fortune that has been made off of 400 years plus of stolen labor on stolen land, we don't have to apologize to anybody. We don't owe anybody else anything. All we owe people to do is to be is is to try to correct and try to get reparations for what has been done to us. And do y'all That's think my- do y'all think that we know we generally? Um, um, and and intergenerationally, um, one thing, the two things came up as you were, you know, responding to the question, and you did respond to it. Um, um, High tech lynching came to my mind, you know, when uh, what you call made, made that reference, and how Minister Farrakhan um, has always been able to, you know, respond and and inspire and respond, you know, with information, with fact but to be able to respond to this notion of what is being said, is it really being anti-Semitic and really what is going on? But the the thought that comes to me, I would like y'all to respond to this. Do you think that we understand what the ADL function is? Do we understand its origin story? Do we understand who it works for and how it, it, it is utilizing 
um, in this case, um, Kanye and and Kyrie. Do we understand that as far as just common understanding, this organization that everybody says has power and is obvious it has power well, to, to the degree, even the people I did, I don't watch the sports, but um, Elliot played, it's the press. It didn't have to be a Jewish person that raised the question with Kyrie, right? It's somebody in the press. When they're supposed to be talking about basketball, they bring yeah, this but, up. But that's no accident. Remember, in the in the in the search warrant, you know, uh they had the, the information that these people have uh this organization has representatives in newspapers such as the Washington Times, all all over the country, they have representatives. And they are able uh to uh, to smear people very quickly. So, I mean, that, that, that's, that's what happened, uh, with that. Uh, you know, no, it's not, it's not, uh, like a, the press is something separate from them. Mm-hmm. They're embedded in the press. The ADL is embedded in the American press. Mm-hmm. And as it, 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 certainly they were in 1993. And I don't think that it's any less here in, in 2022. If anything, they probably have entrenched. Listen, when we wrote the story, we, we, we got a, 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 a Russian Jewish historian, a person by the name of uh, William Lauren Katz. He, he's, he, 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 he's passed, but he wrote books such as Black Indians and that sort of stuff. When they were attacking Dr. Jeffries, uh, I remembered that, that we had heard Dr. Jeffries call him Brother Katz on the radio one time when they were on the show. So we just called him and asked him, what did he think of this? And I mean, he gave a brilliant defense of Dr. Jeffries. This is when Dr. Leonard Jeffries was under attack. And it was a full page article that appeared on the front page, the Amsterdam News, the Daily Challenge, those sorts of things. Um, they uh, attacked him, a Jewish man, as being anti, you know, as having done something anti-Semitic. In fact, they included him in their um, black, um, demagogues and uh, there's another guy Lenny Brenner that uh, is a Jewish guy that, that basically writes about the things that they do and they um, uh, you know you, you, you find him being smeared so this is uh, a, a press attack it's not there's not a press and the ADL the ADL is a part you know part of one of their functions is they're disseminated through the press through these fact finders. Uh, also, when you talk about law enforcement, you, th- these kinds of alliances go back decades of them having alliances with the, with the FBI and, uh, with, with other branches of law enforcement. There's, there's a, there was actually a government program and I won't attribute it to the ADL because I don't know, but it was a government program specifically for, for run by the FBI. It, in, it means, uh, Primitive Man Program. The Primitive Man Program was a program to selectively prosecute black elected officials. And the name is is a German name. You know, the the name for it, I can't remember how it starts with a FR, Fruman Leitchens, you know, whatever it is. But it's it's uh, it was a specific program. And I can't help but wonder, uh, with these alliances with the um, with the FBI, you know, did they? ADL have some involvement in that. I don't know. I don't know the direct, the, I, I don't know the, I know, I know 
a certain extent of the involvement, but I don't know how powerful it is. I don't know if it's a two-way street. Can they influence the FBI to do things? The FBI can certainly influence them to do things. Can they influence the FBI to do things um, against people they want to do things about? So a lot of the a lot of the, the battle is really not about this name calling and that sort of stuff. It's really about turf. It's about power. It's about political power. It's about economic power, and it's about the economic relationship that they wish to maintain, uh, or that one ethnic group wishes to maintain with another. You, Brother Kwame, the um, a lot of your work deals with the uh, music industry and the negative influences that are uh, perpetrated by young people that are promoted by a lot of their agents, uh, uh, handlers, however you want to term it. And I, I want to go back to a specific incident that I recall. It was in the 90s when uh, an elected official here in Philadelphia, C.D. Lewis Tucker, uh, went on a campaign to encourage young blacks at the time, both uh, young girls and, and, the, and, the, and the young men, to stop. Uh, portraying themselves negatively, uh, calling themselves disparaging names on records, the N-word, calling the women uh, uh, bees and, and whores, and to stop perpetrating these negative images. And it was countless artists that disparaged her and song and, 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 and different uh, uh, cuts that they had made, different hip-hop cuts, was disparaging her. Now, I don't believe that a lot of the young people at the time even knew who C. Dolores Tucker was. But somebody did. And I think it was a lot of the, the management of those young men and women that encouraged them to say disparaging things about her in song. That type of stuff have continued. Uh, you just mentioned earlier when you talked about some of the things that Kanye West even said uh, disparaging Harriet Tubman, uh, 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 talking about slavery was a choice and, and uh, you know, different crazy things that he had mentioned. Talk about it from your perspective, Brother Kwabana, of the influence that other people have over some of our young artists in that music field and the images that they put out that are very destructive and is a is a part and parcel to a reason and it's, uh, it's other reasons, too, but it's part and parcel to the reason of the violence and self-hate in these communities. Talk about it from your perspective and your work. All right. Um, you know, first of all, shout out Sister C. Dolores Tucker. And we were down with her. We were up with her way back then. I was in school or just getting out of school and, and was really um, appreciative of the work that she was doing. Her predecessor, um, C., um, Dr. E. Faye Williams, the National Congress of Black Women. She just just uh, left that post, but she was struggling with us also, working with the Clear the Airways Project on some of these issues currently. And, you know, I, I remember her hearing C. Dolores Tucker talk about, she was at a meeting, and she said, she questioned him, why is it okay for y'all to say N-B-I-T-C-H, uh, I don't say that word, and I can't say Jewish Jewish holes. And uh, so I remember her questioning him about that. And then to see 
the likes of some of these artists. I remember KRS-One did a song with Channel Live, and they, it was called Free Momia. And I couldn't wait to listen to the song about Free Momia. And half the song dealt with disrespecting C. Dolores Tucker. Tell her instead of doing what she's doing there, why don't you just try to, why don't you just work on Free Momia? You know, so I was like, wow, really? I mean, she can do both. But, and being from Philly too, but the whole piece, I go back to Jabbar's statement. And one of the things he said was everybody must be protected. And how this is dangerous. Everybody must be protected. In the NBA, Kobe says, he dropped, uh, I think he said the F word, uh, Hibbert was playing for Indianapolis. He also said it. A couple other players said it. They were fined immediately. Right away, fine. Um, there was even a white dude. He was talking about uh, how he got on cats. A white dude named, uh, what was Miles Leonard? He was playing for Miami a couple of years ago. He said some disparaging things about, um, he said, I think he said Kike or something. Man. He got uh, pretty much banished from the league. They traded him from Miami. Oklahoma City, and now we hear from him no more. However, during these games, players are often heard dropping in bombs on each other. Yes, constantly. Constantly, they'll the, the NBA brings in artists who make music about shooting and killing us and dropping in bombs on us constantly. And so it's we're not protected. Everybody must be protected. We have to be protected too. And they may say, "Well, you all the ones who are making the music," or or it's uh it's not offensive. It is offensive. It's offensive to a whole lot of us. And just like we were saying earlier, some of these uh some of the Jewish people said, oh, they're they're not they don't they don't buy into all this this crap and they will accuse them of being anti Semitic also. So and, and even the the person who was interviewing him said that the hate continues unfettered if they don't if uh that these uh the, the Jews, quote unquote Jews, were uh, had to deal with this. They can't let it go unchecked with Kyrie because if not the hate will continue will continue unfettered. And so we're saying the same thing. We have to deal with this also because if we don't, the danger and the destruction and what's happening in our communities all around this country will continue unfettered. It will continue unfettered unless we address this too. And so see Dolores Tucker was on point, the NBA and this whole culture of um, you know, promoting and pushing this ratchet killer music needs to be addressed and, and we know who's behind it and we know and we know that uh the commissioner of the nba could stop it right now you know he could stop it right now because it's very disrespectful it's very hateful and again it calls they don't just say the name it calls straight up shooting and killing people and and going back to the point about taking your biggest and baddest and putting them on the whipping post i mean this all came forth this particular time with the whole kanye west you know, saying what he said. And then we look at LeBron James, who also has some comments too concerning um, Kyrie and his showing that, um, sharing that clip. But LeBron James was checked a couple of years ago for tweeting a song or sharing a song with the lyrics that said, simply said, Jewish money. And this was from a song by a rapper named 21 Savage. And on the same song, they talked about shooting somebody in the gut, shooting them in the stomach. Now, again, both LeBron and 21 Savage were made to apologize. However, 21 Savage was at a bar mitzvah, was invited to a bar mitzvah to sing his song. Um, what's the name of that song? Bank account. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shooters ready to gun you down. Repeated 18 times in the song. He says, my Glock is cocked. I don't give no F about who I hit. 
in the song. And he's 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 given close to a million dollars to perform this song at a bar mitzvah, <laughs> simply at a bar mitzvah. So he received what he uh, considered to be Jewish money. And so that was in the lyrics. And so LeBron James, who's made our biggest, strongest athlete, most popular athlete out there, was made to apologize for simply listening to and tweeting this song. We're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. You can get involved, too, by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're in conversation this evening with our guests, Mayo Co-Chair of CMOTAP and psychiatrist Dr. James McIntosh and Brother Kwabana Siddiqui Rasula of the Clear the Airwaves organization. Again, you can get involved in the conversation by down 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Time for an awakening. We'll be right back. With host Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years. Located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowner's insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services. Representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies. Offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Escape the digital plantation. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger, 
run to safety. Abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. Abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Black Power. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global Commit You Black family, to join your interconnected Commit You Black communities. Escape the digital plantation now. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. I am an African. The death of my brother is also my death. Let me put this question to you again, because many foolish black middle classes and many foolish people who are eating well think that they can sit in America and watch this country destroy the African continents and watch this country destroy African Caribbeans and watch this country destroy Africans in Central and South America and think that these same people who destroy Africans abroad will not be the same people who will destroy them in America. There are fools in this this country who try to claim that they are not Africans, who claim that they do not see color, as if they're not seeing color makes any difference in the world. Simply because you don't see color doesn't mean somebody does not see you as color, and that's the issue. And you think then that you can sit in this country while this same nation and these same people that you sleep with and marry and love and so forth can go out and destroy African people and not think those people do not see you as African. Even though you choose not to see yourself as African, you'd better think again. You're out of your minds and you're headed for death. You must understand that. Hide behind it. I am an American. Ladies and gentlemen, the death and destruction of black people will follow those kind of abstractions. Probably the next five or ten years will indicate whether or not the black man can survive. Our struggle for survival is a very real struggle. And the white man has prepared genocide for black people. Unemployment, the black man is no longer necessary. Unemployment is going to be a way of life for black people. We are going to face increasing dangers and problems as the days pass. And we're totally unequipped as black people to deal with them. We're a part of a slave culture. We have no preparation. We have no black institutions capable of dealing with white racist institutions designed to serve only white people. We must deal with the problem that confronts black people by building black institutions, by understanding that only a separatist position is a viable position for black people. Any organization or any leader in America who today advocates integration is a foe and an enemy of black people and their survival in the coming years.
this crooked game of power politics here in America, the Negro, namely the race problem, integration, civil rights issue, are all nothing but tools used by the whites who call themselves liberals against another group of whites who call themselves conservatives, either to get into power or to retain power. Among whites here in America, the political teams are no longer divided into Democrats and Republicans. The whites who are now struggling for control of the American political throne are divided into liberal and conservative camps. The white liberals from both parties cross party lines to work together toward the same goal. And white conservatives from both parties do likewise. The white liberal differs from the white conservative only in one way. The liberal is more deceitful, more hypocritical than the conservative. Both want power, but the white liberal is the one who has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. And by winning the friendship and support of the Negro, the white liberal is able to use the Negro as a pawn or a weapon in this political football game that is constantly raging between the white liberals and the white conservatives. The American Negro is nothing but a political football. You are listening to Time for an Awakening. Time for an Awakening. With host Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Welcome back. It's uh, 8.10 on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening, male co-chair of CEMOTAP, psychiatrist Dr. James McIntosh, and brother Kwabana Siddiqui Rasuli of Clear the Airways. Uh, Dr. McIntosh and CMOTAP is an organization, uh, an organization that fights against media racism and negative perceptions of African people, and they'll be hosting an online discussion on November 26th. No more whipping posts for Kyrie and Kanye. We're talking, we're talking about that this evening and other topics. You can join the conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Uh, Brother Richard, if you didn't have anything you want to bring up, I'm going to go to the phones because we've got a couple of people that have been waiting. Go ahead. Okay, let's go first to 647 in Toronto. 647. Toronto. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I hear you now. Uh, how are you, how's everyone doing? Great. How you doing? Wonderful. Uh, Sam Cook would say wonderful. I wanted to... I wanted to say that uh, Abdul-Jabbar in 1968, he actually re- they didn't ha- they didn't have to ask him to re- to boycott the Olympics. He refused to. He didn't even try out. Uh, also, uh, it, it's my understanding that at one time Kareem Abdul had a pretty good un- relationship with Al Prentice Bunchy Carter from. Of the North Angeles, Black Panther, or the Southern California Black Panther Party, uh, but Kareem Abdul uh, he flipped, and in uh, 
I guess in 1973, there was a, a, a massacre in Washington, D.C., uh, with, with the Hanafi Muslims and Reem Abdul-Jabbar. He basically financed, you know, financed a, a, a lot of their uh, buildings and so on and so forth. And the, their leader was killed, and, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, Kareem seemed to have to have flipped because uh, he actually supported Hillary Clinton uh, in in, a, in the 2016 election. He actually she sent him, you know, all over all over um, the Western Hemisphere primarily to try to get the Muslim vote. And uh, this is even after Muammar Gaddafi was murdered in 2011. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, Kareem is, uh, I think Kareem is, is, is worried about his, uh, his, he wants to be accepted by, by, uh, American and he wants to be, in, he wants to be, I guess he's worried about his retirement or whatever his, you know, uh, I don't know what he, he's basically spelled out. And I like to say, they basically say hello to Kwabena. Another brother from Los Angeles. I think he's uh, he's still with. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, call yeah, me. I'm still with. Right on, brother. Yeah, yeah, right on. And you know, um, thinking about uh, um, Kareem and his statement, and one of the things I thought was cool that we exercised some power as a people when Kareem made that statement. We also had statements from, of course, Charles Barkley and Shaq referring to Kyrie as an idiot yes, and, and and other statements from other talking heads and some not so supportive statements from players who are, are currently playing. And then the weekend hit and got to give a little credit to Boyce Watkins and, uh, and, and who else was that? Even uh, what's the guy named from Kansas city that's he's reactionary in a lot of pieces, but he's, he's, he was on point on this one. Uh, Whitlock and Whitlock. And I think even Umar did too. Yeah, Whitlock. Yeah, but but the people, the people came really came hard on these talking heads, on these players, on these former players, and you know some of it was kind of crazy. Some of it was was um, important, great points about how they were uh, selling them, selling them, selling them out, and well, like what the phrase we're using, how they were calling for the master to put them on the whipping post, and the people came down so hard that by Monday morning, <laughs> these these People were backtracking and, yes. and trying to show now they support um, Kyrie. And so I, I thought that showed some power. Uh, I mean, just they let us know that we do have that power. You got to organize it properly. But we just, our outrage over the weekend made a difference with those. Uh, with those, with those. Mm-hmm. I agree. But did you think that, that, that uh, uh, Kareem had, had, actually had a relationship with Al Prentice Bunchy Carter? Yeah, you know they were they were at UCLA. Of course, that was where Kareem is the Luau Center at the time at UCLA, and so Bunchy was there at UCLA. He was my uncle. Geronimo was they were in school together at UCLA. So that that uh was not that would not be um that yeah that that definitely could have been happening. And I haven't saw his niece Kim, who I was pretty tight with. She's recently passed away, but others we can ask about that. But yeah, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Definitely, we're in school together. Oh yeah, no. I, uh, Kareem used to go. It was a club in California called the uh, 
Shelley's Manhole. It was a jazz club. I think it was Hollywood and Vine, I believe. And Kareem used to be there every Saturday night. I never met Kareem, but he would be in there like every, 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 every Saturday. That's when he was Lou Alcindor because I know he's a big jazz man and he, uh, he introduced, actually introduced, I think, Gil Scott Heron to Brenda Sykes because he was close to Brenda Sykes and he was the one that, uh, you know, Brenda Sykes is the sister from out of, uh, Louisiana. Yes. Yeah, the right. room 22, right? Or the actress, right? Okay. Let me relinquish his phone and let uh, keep up your good work, my brother. <laughs> Appreciate well, you, brother. Thank you for your co- contribution always. You're always dropping some uh, some little gems there when you come on. <laughs> hey, hey, when I talk about when I talk about the, some of the names, some people went back to calling Kareem Lou Alcindo over that weekend, too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank, thank you for your call. His name is Ferdinand, Ferdinand Lewis Alcindor Jr. <laughs> Thanks for your contribution. All right. Let's go to 267. 267. Hey, uh, good, good evening, Elliot. I want to say good evening, Richard, and I want to say thank you to your guests. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sitting here and listening, and the whole time it seemed like we're in a world like that movie that came out in 1988, John Carpenter's They Live, because it seemed like these people have their technicals everywhere, man. Um, you know, I, I was just looking at something, and I was waiting for you guys to bring it up because I just saw where the ADL now is going to start looking at PayPal accounts. They are going to be given the privilege of looking over PayPal accounts to see who are you contributing to. So, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I appreciate what you brothers are attempting to do. I know there's another brother out of Toronto. He's trying to put a thousand people on the ground to like, basically like call out the ADL, which is nothing more in my opinion. They say they're against hate, but all I see them is being the massive, they're nothing but a hate group themselves with a good defense mechanism and power. So, you know, I'm appreciating the conversation. I'm glad that some of our people are waking up to the fact who the real supremacists are, because I know for a fact some of those lobbyists in D.C. got to be affiliated with them. Um, you can look at you can look at everything and see that. This thing is not a joke, man. This is like one big sci-fi horror movie. And it's not even, it's going beyond Kyrie and Kanye. They were just put on, they were just put there for the world to see, like, we we got this Negro in check. Don't worry about reparations or anything. That's what this thing is really about. Plus, they, they, they didn't like that brother because he refused that poison that they were making mandatory. Um, he stood up like a man. He said, I'm not going to put that in my body. But look at who the CEOs of those pharmaceutical companies are. Look who is the leader of the CDC. I mean, this thing is so deep. It's so in our faces. And we don't need, like in that sci-fi movie, we don't need sunglasses to put on to see who's behind. We see it. So, you know, I mean, this thing is not a secret anymore. You know, the only thing that, you know, I, I you know, I, I just, 
I'm, I'm, you know, I can't even rely on this media because there's so much fake nonsense that's going on. They can manipulate you right through the media. They can make, they, they can do everything, man. So, like I said, it, this reminds me of that old sci-fi movie from 1988, John Carpenter's They Live. Look at it. See what it is. And you, you, you're living it, man. So, uh. I just had to call and say thank you for the intelligent conversation, man. Uh, um, it gives me a little hope that we can one day wake up as a people because I know for a fact we, some of us are waking up. A lot of us are still caught up in politics and all that garbage. There's nothing more than garbage, you know. And uh, it makes me sick when I hear our people discussing politics and arguing about politics and and all this when they're all controlled every politician was controlled it's funny that barack obama's uh i forget what his position was called Rahm Emanuel is Ari Emanuel's brother and he was the first one that told everybody to drop Kanye and drop Kyrie so this thing is deep brother so i'm just sitting back i'm listening i'm taking notes and uh you know, hopefully you will have a, some kind of uh, way we can communicate without going through their websites. So because man, they're they're everywhere, man. And 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 I'm just going to wrap it up. They can now look at your PayPal accounts and find out who you're donating money to. That's how powerful these folks is. So I just had to call up and uh, give my little five cents and let you know that I'm. I appreciate the conversation tonight. Thanks for your contribution, bro. All right. Take care. Uh, before we go to the next call, uh, uh, Dr. McIntosh, uh, that kind of coincides with uh, some of the things that you brought up earlier in reference to uh, the ADL being linked to being a spy organization. Uh, anytime you have access to people's PayPal accounts, you know what's going on. You know what? Half of these things on social media, I mean, how do they, you know, you, you realize what somebody didn't tweet it, and then you you jump on it like white on rice. I mean, you, how do you know what these guys are tweeting with, before it even gets out really into the public? You're on it. Like, what is this? What What is going on? Well, I'll tell you, brother, uh, back in, 90, in the 90s when we were dealing with these people, they had a budget of over thirty million dollars. When you have over thirty million dollars, that you can hire a lot of people. And when you can uh, come out with what was said by Steve Coakley in a Nation of Islam meeting, clearly you have access to, you know, to to some real surveillance. And uh, it came out in, in that is a, that same paper that I was talking to you about that they. They did have access to private and confidential uh, FBI documents. Uh, in their uh, piece that they put out on black anti-Semitism, they call it black demagogues, the anti-Semitism of black demagogues and extremists, they essentially called every New York, they call the New York black press anti-Semitic. And I mean, they went through each newspaper. They went through the radio stations. They call of the people they singled out, Louis Farrakhan, Steve Coakley, Gus Savage, Sonny Carson. That time they said Reverend Sharpton, Professor Leonard Jeffries, G2EUC, Kwame Ture, 
uh, they named Lenore Falani and the New Alliance Party, Professor Griff and Public Enemy, and Mary Baraka, Ice Cube, and LeGrand Clegg. LeGrand Clegg was one of our leaders in Simotep on the West Coast. So, uh, you know, this this is uh, 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 the reason they're able to do these things is because of that budget. And one of the most regretful things is if any of that $500,000 from Kyrie or any of that $500,000 from the NBA goes into their coffers, it only makes them more powerful to do more to them the next time. But the reason they can know what you tweet is because I told you they have these people, they had them at the time distributed through the newspapers, but now with social media, they probably have people that are monitoring the social media of people that they think have a following. And I understand that uh, uh, Kyrie's, Kyrie's following is in the millions. I don't remember whether it was, I think it's 46 million followers he might have. So they're, they're on top of those things. They're watching us. We're we're their food, so you know you keep a you keep you keep track of your food. Uh, these guys are not even permitted. They make sure that you know this mind monitoring that they're doing. They they want to make sure that the wrong people don't get to communicate with these people, uh, bringing their their mentality up. I'm speaking to these athletes to the point that they can use those dollars in support of their own community. They want to keep that money going into. Uh, the United Way and other white-controlled uh, um, charities. Yeah, can wow. I ask this before we go to the next caller? Go ahead, um, line, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, as I asked before about the organization ADL, and I'm wondering in that report, did they state like the origin story of this network as we're describing it is too broad for <clears throat> just a ethnic. Um, national organization to have. It has too many tentacles. So, I mean, did it, did it, re- I, I, I hear where they are, but how did they evolve? Did, I mean, do we know how this has evolved? Um, sure. Should be able to be that expensive. Sure, there's a book, I think it's called, and you can see it online, I think it's called The Ugly Truth About the ADL. And uh, they go to its early origins. And then they also go to uh, some of its mobster connections. You know, uh, supporters, uh, they, they, they list, uh, they called it a public relations um, outfit for Meyer Lansky. And they cite specifically them giving their Torch of Liberty Award to Mo Dallas. These are these are, are Jewish gangsters from back in the day, and uh, so you know they they had places where they got. He was Mo Dallas was a big uh, donor to them, and so they you know they they've been making money for years and years. And as I said before, they made alliances with uh, law enforcement as early as the forties. And most of these documents you can find online in the particular book i'll give you the exact name i think it's called the ugly truth about the adl but it goes into some of those things and it goes back to i think almost uh to 1970 they're they're pre they're people who are involved with it who go back further than 1940 who go back you know long time before that so that's how it happened they've been in existence for a long time they've had support of the other uh jewish organizations and they were, you know, originally they were more, they are part of uh, B'nai B'rith. It was the Anti-Defamation League of the B'nai B'rith. So B'nai B'rith has been, the, you know, advocacy uh, organization. But they're linked in terms of their their 
lobbying and stuff, you'll find them in the same place that you find APAC, which is that international group that deals with uh, Israel and, and lobbies on behalf of Israel. Did that answer the question? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the ugly truth about the Anti-Defamation League. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it here right now. Yep. Yeah. It's out. Yeah, that's a, a nice little book. It's, I mean, it's only about 90, maybe, maybe it's about 100 pages or so, uh, loaded with information. Uh, there was a point uh, when I was writing about these people that uh, my car was getting broken into every day. You know, I mean, literally, I had to put a camera up to watch the car, and anytime I took that camera down, boom, it would break into my car. So, you know, I would tell people what I thought was going on. Of course, you know what they said. You said, you paranoid, doctor. I can't be paranoid. I'm a psychiatrist, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at any rate, I read this little book, and that was one of the things they said they did over and over again. They break into people's cars. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm, – I'm saying that this book – and the documents associated with it, that they allege this, that, you know, they allege that this happened to other people who were um, investigating them and doing that kind of thing. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do, what they won't do. Uh, but I do know they've had associations in the past with both gangsters of both the legal type and the illegal type. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, you, you, I know that giving them more money can't help you. Give it, you know, black people giving them more money is not going to help us. It's going to really allow them. You say they have a lot of tentacles. They're going to have even more tentacles. You see? Let's go to uh, Richard. No, no, I'm good. Oh, I'm okay. Good. Let's go to two, 215 again. 215? 215, are you there? Let me put them on hold. Maybe they stepped away. Let's go to 267. 267. Yes, uh, Brother Elliot, Brother Richard, great guests again, like always. And the caller made a comment about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, hooking the relationship up with Wanda Sykes. That was she was she played on Good Time. That's some very good information that he gave. I'm just thinking about what the brother said about uh, Steve Coakley in a Nation of Islam meeting, and they were able to get that information. That's some deep stuff, man. I'm going to say this that. As black people who've been oppressed in America and they went through shadow slavery and we go back as far as colonization in Africa and places around the world, I'll say this to you that we have to get organized so when somebody attacks us and comes upon us with oppressing us in any media, uh, on any level of political and social order, when it comes to athletics and acting and, and, and movies and things that we do in the black community, we need to be as organized when somebody attacks us and come on to the defense. Now, we have to do that with not having traitors in our race when it comes to our struggle. If we are organized in that way, we'll be able to push out the, the baggage in order to fight our enemies, we could become better. Now, I'm going to say, you said some interesting things about Lansky. Probably how, you go back to the games of Heine Weiss. You said some interesting stuff. How far they go back, how far they go back to organize themselves against who they think the enemy is. So that is a platform that we need to take to say, look, when you talk about black people 
and it's in a negative way. Don't make up the stuff about, oh, we weren't in slavery. We were indentured slaves. Or don't make some stuff, some stuff like, oh, the black people weren't freed. They went from one a group of white people to the next. All occurred uh, back uh, maybe in the 80s or so when a general by the name of Brown, you know, a, a United States general, said something along the same uh, along the same lines in terms of their power, and I guess it was in media. And he was, they said, we only represent, and they gave the percentage, let's say they said 12% of all the media, you know, and then Hockey Matabuti put out uh, a, 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 uh, an edition of Black Books Bulletin, which was a journal he had at that time. Remember, it had a yellow cover. And what he pointed out was that the error was was in thinking that it had to do with the percentages to say, oh, because you only represent this amount of people. But then when he took it, he said, but if you look at where they are placed, you see, that will give you a different sense of the relative power that they have. You can't blame people for having power, but, you you know, it, it becomes something when they tell you you can't say they have power, that that is a trope. That's crazy. You know, that's crazy, especially if that power is hurting you. You know, uh, you say, you know, I'm not driving the truck, but the truck's on my foot. I can't say that you're in the truck. I can't say you're driving the truck. This is crazy. Well, I'm going to make a comment. And, you know, Kanye West crossed the line. He put yes. that on something. Yeah, well, okay. I'm going to tell you, right? So so you're going to let Ben Carson in, and you're going to let Judge Thomas in. See, we're not letting them in. See, when you're fighting an enemy, okay, you can't have the enemy with you fighting. An open enemy like that needs to be exposed. See, that's the that you put yourself in, that's the punishment you get for betrayal. See, I can go all the way back psychologically, physically, and mentally and emotionally and geographically. That we are not we're supposed to be because of traitors. Now, can I correct? In the past, we can learn from it, and we can make examples out of all those people, men and women. Amoroso, you going to forgive her too? No, it's not working. Well, so I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, of that. The psychology, hold on. The psychology, I mean, because y'all, the psychology of that, right, is that I dated a girl who, undergraduate, she was, that was her major, psychology, abnormal social in general. And she said to me, Tim, what you did is what somebody else should be able to do. She said, I told you what the problem was, and you corrected yourself. See, some people can correct themselves. Some people need to be an example of why you should be corrected, and some people you got to leave alone. Thanks, and I, I, that may be true, but what I'll say to you is, is that that seems to be what we want to spend our time on a lot. And I do think that it has its roots in self-hatred. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that... When somebody is doing something that is correct, that's in your, use the things that are in your favor and block the things that are against you. And the punishment for everything, and now you're saying traitorous or something, you know, cannot be uh, permanent uh, And because we are people who, you know, we've been through a particular process that, that, that predisposes us to have a lot of people like that in our group. You don't let those people hurt you, but at the same time, don't spend your time focusing on them because that's not the goal. That's not the that's goal. Not, I'm that, 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 if I could take... Caller, 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 caller. Listen, I got to move on because there's a lot of callers. Yeah, I mean, okay, uh, we'll just, come back to that. Just, and we'll take our positions one day and we'll talk about it more. 
Okay. All right. Thanks for your contribution. I want to apologize too to uh, our uh, listeners live because uh, my computer just shut out on me. I just logged back on. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe you're right, Doctor McIntosh. I don't. Wow. Oh, please. That's not. That's not without outside of their ability to do. I just want to apologize to the listeners out there. We're back up in in the running. Uh, Let's go to. a couple more of these calls. Let's go, let's go to again to two one five. Look like they're back here. Two one five three zero seven. Hello. Yes. Yeah, you can hear me. Yes. Oh yes, good good uh, good uh, evening to you, uh, brother Elliot, and your, your guest, the doctor. There, uh, I joined your conversation about uh, fifteen twenty minutes ago, and uh, I want to ask uh, you, Elliot, and the doctor. Uh, you know, one one of the things that I, uh, I've been noticing with the with the whole uh, Kanye, with the whole Kyrie thing in particular, uh, I've been observing uh, you know media, particularly black media, and one of the, one of the issues that I think we have is when 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 we get attacked uh, for as black people, particularly black men, for being anti-Semitic, uh, it's not only coming from the ADL, but it's coming from a segment of black media too, and. I've noticed this. Are, 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 are even you gentlemen familiar with the names such as Brittany Cooper and Goldie Taylor? Mm. Brittany Cooper, yeah. uh, she's one of these bl- uh, black feminist academics. And uh, you see her sometimes pop up on uh, MSNBC, CNN. She's one of these, you know, uh, leftist, you know, uh, feminist uh, academics that, you know, she pops up on uh, MSNBC a lot and other places. So is Goldie Taylor. She used to work for... Uh, CNN and Brittany Cooper gave a speech a couple of weeks ago at a church and she said that there was a demon of disinformation in the black community aimed at black men and she named several black men uh, Kanye, Kyrie, uh, 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 Ice Cube and several other black men and she said those black men were anti-feminist, anti-LGBTQ anti-black, anti-Semitic, and I, and I bring their names up because we, there's a segment of black women in media who, are, who have been uh, trained to be attack dogs against black men. Uh, those two in particular, uh, Jamel Hill, uh, she came out and she's written articles about supposedly black male anti-Semitism um, and, and a few other black uh, women, these, these black feminists, uh, these leftist black feminists. Uh, I just want the doctor's point of view. Has, has he observed this, this faction of black women within media who, who are doing this? Um, I can't, you know, I, I'll say that I haven't uh, seen it in exactly the kind of way that you saw it, but that it exists is not something that would uh, surprise me. You, you know, you certainly see it in historical documents you see it uh you know in our general comments that they try to uh shift things off into this this war that uh, white america seems to be having with gender um so i'll tell you one of the people who whose name i heard a lot in fact i said it today and i'm, I'm not able to remember it uh, what's the young lady uh that i told you about this morning uh uh brother booker uh who i told you she had her, her comments oh, oh, you're were, talking about uh, candace owens 
Candace Owens, yeah. You know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think she falls into that category of what you're talking about. Certainly she doesn't fall into the category of people that we think, you know, we see as... Uh, well, no, actually, rapper. she's actually come out and defended uh, Kyrie. That, that's the point, that's, that's the point right. I wanted to make. Although we don't see her in that, I thought that her comments on Kyrie were, were excellent. I thought they were pure logic. And I thought that, um, you know... The, the 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 African inside of her came out on that one, and and hopefully it you know maybe it'll 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 grow, and we'll see it uh, come again. Uh, there's a tremendous there's been a war against our struggle for liberation, and I think that they try to divert us down several side roads, and the one you spoke about was one of them. Uh, I, you know I don't again I, I'm I, yeah I don't I don't know her but I don't fo- I'm not surprised I, I don't I don't focus on that you know I basically want to focus on our um, no but I, I understand you know I understand that you you have to pay attention to you know where your right. attack you is ha- coming you have from. to pay attention to them because yeah. again these women are uh, in media um, you know these women and, and and not only with the with the anti-Semitism thing there was the attack or during the you know the midterms uh, the elections you saw the attack on black men. Uh, you know, over, you know, uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, you know, uh, there were some black men, even some sisters, but they mainly went at black men. Well, if you didn't, if you didn't come out and vote Democrat, or if you didn't want to vote for uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, that you were uh, anti-black woman. Uh, so the, the attack on uh, black men primarily uh, from this group of women with media I think we have to at least pay attention to to these women because they've been placed in media and and they're being used as uh, attack dogs against against particularly straight black men. Yes, I don't care where the attack is coming from. Right now, what we were talking about is this uh, focus on the anti-Semitism. But you're right. right. The, the gender war, you can see it in every show. Every If right. you turn on these cable TV movies, you know, you see what's going on. That, that stuff is all, uh, it's more than a diversion, but I'm saying, yeah, it's, it's a part of it. But this right here, we're talking about having control of your own media, having control of your own ability to research information, to read what you want, to tweet what you want. And the particular community that is doing this, or the particular organization that is uh, or, that is uh, uh, kind of leading this fight against us in this area is the ADL. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I, I agree with you uh, 100% about that. Um, you're, you're, ab- you're absolutely uh, correct that we – we have to have the ability of the people to, you know, to read and, and research and, and control uh, and control our own media. And and and, and we and we are seeing it out there with with the you know with the new black media. You know, with brothers like uh, I'm you familiar with, well, with uh, Boyce Watkins, uh, brothers like uh, like yeah. him, and you know the brother uh, has another channel, a prop black truth professor. So we so they are out there, and I think we have to support uh you know brothers uh, like that in in the uh, new black media thank you for your contribution brother uh, hey Ellen, before you go to the next go excuse me go ahead go ahead Richard. yeah i wanted to ask um brother Quab because um dr mcintosh you raised earlier in the conversation about um you know Kyrie and and kaye um you know what how they could have responded and i'm wondering because this here anti-Semitic or the ADL um, push is so consistent, it ain't like, you know, just 
you know, just like this is a if you if you if you chart the pro- process, I mean, it's so um, intermediate, it's so close. And so, brother Kawabana, I wanted to know if the other rappers, just by virtue of these, are how do you have a sense of the um, the how they are becoming informed? in relationship to how they should either respond or, you know, what they, how they were going to, how they're going to say things. Because sometimes I'm hearing black folks say, well, you should have known not to say like we're getting, we're to the point where we're putting a harness on ourselves because of what this organization is doing. And then we say they should have known. And I'm wondering because it's so frequent, do they know? Like, can we say they don't, they're like in outer space somewhere and they don't see what's going on on such a regular and frequent basis by the ADL? Brother Quabin? Yeah, that was a question for me. I, I cut off uh, for a second there, but I, I think you're saying that uh, shouldn't we be aware or do we Do know the rappers know, are they aware now to where they would and from that awareness are they going to self-impose or you know are they just aware compared to us saying um Kai and Kai they're not aware that ADL is tracking as as Dr. McIntyre said everything Oh yeah they they they're aware I mean I I think about well this is Drake's a little older now but you know Drake's mother is um Jewish, European Jew, uh, I guess who practiced Judaism. And his father, of course, is the brother of Larry Graham from Graham Central Station fame. And he never drops uh, anything, says anything derogatory, or says an offensive term about uh, people of the Jewish faith. But he's always dropping in bombs almost in every line he makes. <laughs> he's always rapping about shooting and killing black people, shooting and killing Ann. You know, so uh, they, they know because they you rarely do you hear it. You rarely hear anything about that. I think there was a uh, there was a rapper, Young Buck, was part of Fifty Cent's G Unit group. I think Fifty was mentioned earlier today, in in part of this conversation. But he was in a lyric meeting, a lyric committee meeting, and he said something about doing something, protecting himself against the police. And they told him you can't have that lyric in there, but he can have Shorty riding with him and doing crimes and doing whatever else he wanted to rap about and disrespecting black people. So they know, and if they don't know, they will be made to know real quick. And even to go back to the last caller, but we, we have to as a, as a people get to the point where we're, we're able to um, enact our own um, sanctions on, on, on rappers and other artists who disrespect us and do these sorts of things. And, and you know, for us to, I mean, I don't think we're not talking about forgiving uh, Kanye for the things that he did. We're not talking about uh, forgiving uh, some of the things that Candace Owens has talked about and brought about or or others. But we're like Dr. McIntosh was saying, we're utilizing the issue. Like what Kanye I said earlier, we used, to, we used to say waste, not West. We used to call him waste, but not anymore because what he has provided with his um, not acquiescing, acquiescing uh, so quickly, like so many others do when they slip up and say something or even they not even what they're saying it a la Whoopi Goldberg, you know, when they slip up, Pretty quickly, they say, oh, I'm sorry, and they, they kowtow, take their punishment, and then come back a little later. 
but Kanye didn't do that. And so that, that's bringing up a lot of these contradictions. But in terms of these rappers, no, they, they can drop in bombs and talk about taking our lives, and it's allowed. But no, you better not say anything about them. You bet they better not even say a gay slur, like The Baby. You all are familiar with the rapper The Baby. Mm-hmm. The Baby had a song a couple years ago, uh, Shug, but he said, I'll put 20K on your head, on your head and have your partners come kill you. I'm going to burn me an in at the store where your mammy and grandmama shop at. Not your mama. He said your mammy. Uh, this was a song that Barack Obama had in his top songs of 2018. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and, and then he had a song uh, called Rockstar. And it wasn't a rock star playing a guitar. It was, his, it was his chopper. You know, he's running up on the end squeezing. My daughter's a G. She saw me kill an end by the age of two. And I'll kill another one if they do something to you. Now, this was uh, number one song in Switzerland, number one song in, in Great Britain, number one song in four other countries across the world before before it became a hit in the U.S. This is how crazy this stuff is. It was nominated for uh, Grammys. These songs are nominated for NAACP Image Awards. <laughs> they can disrespect In no way would they have a song that said anything about anybody else. Well, but back to, let me finish up the baby. So summer of 2020, Baby was at one of those big minstrel fests. I think it was Rolling Loud. And so in between his songs about killing black people, where he even had Tory Lanez up there who had shot Megan Pete, they call her Megan Thee Stallion, in the foot, in the feet, rather foot, whatever you say, had her bleeding the block. He was on stage with them. But in between songs, he uttered something about what gay people were doing in a car outside the concert and mentioned something about them getting AIDS and you don't really hear him on the radio anymore. A year later, you rarely hear this dude. The baby is pretty much null and void. They canceled him. They stopped him from that. When he said something about gay folks, uh, right in the midst of him, again, singing in front of most of these crackers, dropping all sorts of N-bombs on us and talking about killing us. So, no, they know better. They know that they don't. They put him right back in place. Brother Quabin, is that who won the, uh, the Grammy? Who was it, the one that Grammy talked about leaving somebody lopsided in the front seat and all of that? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think that was him. I know it's so many, brother. I know, like, Future and Drake had a song called, uh, what was the name of the song? Life is Good, where they brag about shooting up a funeral. I'm going a, I'm to a, uh, put you in the paper. I'm going to pay somebody drug money to shoot up your hearse. And that got nominated not only for a Grammy, an NAACP Image Award. Boy, I'm telling you. Listen, we, uh, you brothers got about uh, 15, 20 more minutes? Yes, sir. Good, good. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, uh, I know it's a lot of calls online, but if you got a question or comment that you want to uh, uh, ask our guests, jump on the line. we got a few callers uh, that's up here that I'm going to get to right after the break. You can do that by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832, our guest this evening. With us in conversation, a male co-chair of Simo Tap, psychiatrist Dr. James McIntosh, and Brother Kwabana Siddiqui Rasuli of Clear the Airwaves. Again, jump on board with a question or comment in the time we have left by dialing 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Callers, we've got about three callers that uh, is waiting, and I'll get right back to you after the break.
Awakening, time for an awakening with host Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit them up at time for an awakening at gmail.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years. Located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services. Representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies. Offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 2 2- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. The Digital Plantation, abibitumi.com, abibitumi.tv, abibitumitv.com, abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger, run to safety. abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. Abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Black Power. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global you black family, to join your interconnected you black communities, Escape the digital plantation now. Abibitumi.com, abibitumi.tv, abibitumitv.com, abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. A new era, a new phase of the struggle where we have moved from a struggle for decency, which characterized our struggle for 10 or 12 years, to a struggle for genuine equality. And this is where we're getting the resistance because there was never any intention uh, to go this far. People were reacting to Bull Connor and to Jim Clark rather than acting in good faith for the realization of genuine equality. Do you think white people in this country, and I'm talking about non-segregationists, people devoid or thinking they're devoid of racism, do you have any idea of what they want the Negro to be in America? I think the vast majority of white Americans uh, will go but so far. It's a kind of installment plan for equality. And uh, they are always looking for an excuse uh, to go but so far. And know that this problem needs to be solved and we can't keep relegating it to generation after generation because a few of us got a little money, a few of us got positions, a few of us have wealth while the masses of our people are going steadily down. No one man can rise above the condition of 
his people. See, brother said responsibility. Is it, is it that we should let them take responsibility to do for us? Or should we pool the knowledge that's at the table, the power that's in our community, the wealth that's in our community to change the harsh reality of black life in America? We have to do the job of fulfilling the black agenda. Thank you. Whites are expert game players in their contests to maintain absolute power. One of the time-honored gimmicks is to point to individual blacks who've achieved recognition. But look at Raft Bunch. Think about Lena Horne or Mary Anderson. Look at Jackie Robinson. They made it as one of those who has made it. I would like to be thought of as an inspiration to our young, but I don't want them lied to. Name them for me. The examples of blacks who made it. For virtually everyone you name, I can give you a sordid piece of factual information on how they have been mistreated, humiliated. Not being able to fight back is a form of severe punishment. I come here tonight and plead with you. Believe in yourself and believe that you're somebody. As I said to the group last night, Nobody else can do this for us. No document can do this for us. No Lincolnian Emancipation Proclamation can do this for us. No Kennesonian or Johnsonian Civil Rights Bill can do this for us. If the Negro is to be free, he must move down into the inner resources of his own soul and sign with a pen and ink of self-asserted manhood his own emancipation proclamation. Don't let anybody take your manhood. For an Awakening is a proud part of the Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black digital and podcasting platform. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 9.04 on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guests this evening in conversation, a black a male co-chair of CMO Tap, psychiatrist Dr. James McIntosh and brother Kwabana Siddiqui Rasuli of the Clear the Airwaves Again, in the time we have left, you can get involved in the conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Let's go right back to the phones, 404. 404. Hey, Yehudu, Elliot, and uh, my elder brother, Richard, there, you older than me. I'm just, hey, I appreciate that. But, uh, hey, look here, uh, <laughs> uh, Brother Quabernau, I heard you before up there in uh, uh, Chicago Station, man. I'm right with you, man. You fighting uphill battle. I just want to hear your, uh, your, your, your props. I'm right with you with all this low frequency music. But I want to talk to the, uh, the professor, the psychiatrist. I like the way you think, man. And see, I'm going to tell you all something, man. You, it, it's hard to prove a negative what somebody's not. Okay? So what I concentrate on proving what is, i.e., who we are. All right? 
and, oh yeah, before I get to my point, uh, to that brother that called about, uh, it was a psyop to talk about, uh, what no black man would get, uh, we wasn't going to vote for no black women, Stacey Ava. We proved that on another show. A brother would listen a couple of weeks ago. I said, we talked about the numbers. Brothers voted for Stacey. It wasn't the, the, the brothers fault. It was the sister voted for it was the white vote. Okay. That, that knocked Stacey out. But getting back to the point. Okay, I found out who we were, the real Israelites, in 2015, man. And I, and so for me, okay, once I find out, I say, oh, snap, I couldn't believe it. So I say, what am I going to do? I'm going to test God and see and we, who we really are. So I tested God. It's for me now. Like professors say, concentrate on yourself. And so I tested God, the creator. So I just start following the law, dietary laws, and all that. And, and what I eat and, and what I celebrate, no holiday, don't spend no money. And y'all check this out. I've been getting, having blessings, man. Just 2015, it worked for me. If y'all want us to be stuck in this problem, I, well, like the professor say, worry about what these other Negroes say to most of them signing them contracts, man. Okay, they signed them contracts, and they they don't read the devil in details, what they can and say and cannot say. So that's so I'm with them. I'm with them now. But you got to look at they signing contract. Even though them sisters, the brother we're talking about, them devils put them up there for a reason, man. To 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 please the, uh, the enemy and come at us. So it's a joke, man. So once I start concentrating on who I am, I'm, I'm getting blessed, man. We the real people of the book. Okay, y'all can find out for yourself, man. Do your research, find out for yourself, and don't worry about them demons, man. That's the way I look at it. I'm going to leave a shout to the next episode. I love y'all. I love the professor. I want to hear what the professor got to say. Because on us, most times, we've been our own problem, man. By doing what the enemy do, celebrate these stupid AA holidays with the trees and the damn trick-or-treats and all this bullshit. And wonder why we in a predicament. Well, yeah, well, some of us in a predicament we in. We our own worst enemy, man. All you got to do is straighten up. Straighten up and fly right. Do, do, I know how to say it before on a lot of shows, but my brother and sister, oh, we don't, bro. Just check God out for yourself, man. So I had to say what I had to say. I love y'all, man. Well, listen, stay before, strong, stay black. Be, before, yes, you, before you go, you said that you started following the dietary law. So that means you gave up fat back and your ham, strickaline, yes, sir. pork yes, knuckles. Sir. You gave it up pig yes, feet. Sir. Pig feet. Everything hog. Everything hog and, and uh, shrimp, shrimps and lobsters, all the scavengers and crabs and all that. I'm from South Florida, man. Gave up all that, man. All right. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Huh? I I'm know just you kidding, man. We have fun, man. I appreciate it. I love that, man. Then we got to laugh at this shit, man. But that's for me. Now, y'all eat what y'all want to and then see what the results, man. I just test the creator, man. The Leviticus and all that, I don't want to get into it too much, this biblical stuff, but it is what it is, man. Them laws and commandments ain't no joke, man. Listen, you, peace and blessing, man. You said uh, you, you said that uh, you uh, you heard Brother Kwabana in the, the Chicago, uh, Chicago station? You said you uh, cause Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. okay. Yeah, man, you know, I, I go up from station to station all over the country, man. Listen to what the brothers and sisters say, man. But oh, it's simple, man. Just follow them laws and, and we get back back to the creator. You played that before a long time ago, Elliot. On one of your uh, sound bites, but it's all good, man. That's my solution. That y'all can do what y'all want to. Everybody got their own choice. We didn't do judgment, but them Negroes signed them contracts, man. So it is what it is, man. I'm with them though. I'm with them. They my brother and sister. I ain't gonna knock them. I'm with them. I pitch ball up right with them. So when you shoot at the damn uh, king, you, you miss. You got a problem. If you hit the king, you better be ready to rumble. 
So but I ain't got time to worry about trying to damn uh worry about what they are what they not. Whatever I don't know who I am and who we are. So they they, they in check. We got the ass in check, mate. Peace and blessing, man. I love y'all. Thank you for the contribution. Let's go to six oh two in Phoenix. Six oh two. Six oh two. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I am here. I am here. <laughs> you know, um, you know, um, Dr. Um, um, the, the brothers here talking about Dr. Tony Martin. I remember back in the 90s when those Jews attacked Tony Martin when he was teaching at Wellesley um, University. And he came out with the broadside. And then he came out with that book, The Jewish Onslaught. Yeah. You know, these these Jewish people, you see, but you see what they do, you know, they have black people in a holding pattern in America. That's all they have black people, you know, doing in a, in a holding pattern to act as a buffer between themselves and the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. That's the purpose of they, they keep black people here. It is those Jewish people, you know, because there was a Jewish judge, Judge Julian Mack, and a Jewish prosecutor that sent Marcus Garvey to prison. So, so, so these people are not black people, friends. They're not they come and pose and, oh, we are friends. No, they're not our friends. And it's time for us to say, you know what? To hell with those people. To hell with them. Okay? Yeah, look, they never talk about Henry Ford. They one of the biggest we hear Jew more Henry Ford. It was Ford trucks that was taking Hitler's troops to the front line. They don't talk about Benjamin Franklin, but Benjamin Franklin said about those Jews. Man, to hell with them Jews. You know what I'm saying? And it's time for black people to stand up. They are not the chosen people. They, you know, they come with that myth in the Bible, that hermetic myth, talk about, oh, we are the chosen of God, and black people are the, are the curse. Man, to hell with them, when they come, just bring up that, what Benjamin Franklin said about them. Hey, what did Benjamin Franklin say about you? What did, what did that man, Henry Ford, say about you people? Man, later for them. Anyway, you take care. Thank you for your contribution, sir. Let's, no problem. Let's go to 347 in New York City. 347. Hey, Dr. McIntosh, how are you doing? Well, my brother, how are you? Good. How, how's Sister Betty doing? She's doing very good, thank you. Glad to She's hear that. going to be in New York soon, I think, uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good, good. Listen, I mean, you've been on for almost two hours. And, you know, I've enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I've heard you for years, met you a couple of times and all that. Why don't we be honest and say that the Jew is no damn ally to black people? Why why are we still playing these games about there's a Jewish black coalition and all this other BS when the reality is there is not one? You know, just basically what happened with this whole... Kyrie and um, Kanye situation is that, you know, they must be nothing but their, um, their children. You know what I mean? The manner in which 
you know, Kyrie had to capitulate, and he did capitulate. Um, just goes to show, in a sense, two things. Number one, that our scholars and that our so-called leaders are not connected. They don't want to come out and defend young men like Kyrie, who unfortunately is doing nothing but finding himself. The sad thing is that he, at 30 years old, doesn't know that he got a whole lot more studying to do. He should basically keep his mouth shut and shouldn't say anything. But on the flip side, the elders and the scholars are supposed to be there to defend and protect them. And where are they at? You know what I mean? Where are they to say, how could a man who is a Semite be an anti of himself? Nobody stood up and, and, and made that analogy. Nobody said that, you know, um, the, the so-called Jew is not a true Jew from the perspective of a Semite. You know what I mean? I mean, the reality is that at some point in time, we're going to have to defend our Africanness to the point to where we got to call these so-called Jews out for who and what they really are. They're no friends. They're no allies. And they do nothing but keep us in place and in line. And until we address it from that perspective, you're going to continuously have these situations where men cannot open up their mouth, even though some of them shouldn't. And those that should are not going to open up their mouth or say anything because of the type of backlash that's going to be placed on them and we don't have the so-called scholarship or the leadership that's in a position to stand up and defend their position with the truth. And until we get to that point, this is just going to happen again and again and again. So, you know, I mean, come on. We got to figure out how we can bring forward our truth tellers, our scholars, and, and, and set up the debate on who is a Jew and who is not a Jew and how could you constantly attack us with this anti-Semitism every time somebody says anything and until you do that then we're going to be in this same trick bag well let me say something oh, go, ahead. go ahead Dr. McIntosh go ahead no no, no. You, 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 you go ahead let me say this um, in my opinion I don't think we have to debate them at all in reference to that they don't bring up, if you notice when they, when, when these men make an assertion that the original people that is talked about in the scriptures were black, they don't make up, they don't say, well, you're wrong because history says so-and-so-and-so. And so. None of them ever go to any historical documents, point out history. None of them ever do that. The only thing they say is, oh, that's an anti-Semitic. He's anti-Semitic. That's an anti-Semitic trope. They never go to prove anything through history. If I said something about uh, 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 black people were in, uh, uh, white folks were in Africa long before blacks ever did, I don't have to say, well, that's, uh, that's an anti-black trope. You can go to history and point out that that's foolishness. So if they're saying anything wrong, they should have their scholars ready to point it out. They never point it out. We don't have to prove anything to anybody. We have to work on our people. 
That, that's it our only like mission. That, though. Huh? It doesn't work like that, though. The the the, the thought merchants haven't set set it up or haven't set up for that type of argument that you just put forward to be um, seen and heard and articulated. Well, they don't, they don't well, do it. well, listen, it's plenty of the men out here doing the work. You have two of them on here now, Brother Kwabana and Dr. McIntosh. The, the black media that you pointed out in the beginning when you first started talking about, they're talking about a black Jewish Whoa. coalition. That ain't media that you hear on this program or any other programs that, that uh, you know, that might be some of the popular shows. The Shoptons, the, uh, uh, what's the brother to wear the ascot? What's his name? You know who I'm talking about. Roland Martin. Roland Martin. You might hear that foolishness coming from them, and then you're not going to hear this conversation on those shows. So where is uh, some blacks that listen to that crap? And I don't want to say, I don't want to cast aspersions to what them men doing. Some of them probably figure they're giving out good media. But, you know, if you're not going to talk about these issues from all fronts, then don't bother with talking about them. Avoid it, like several of them do. They avoid talking about these issues because they're afraid. But go ahead, uh, Dr. McIntosh or Brother Quabin, if you well, want to. What the brother said, there were, there were pieces of it that I would rather respond to. One of it was... Uh, he wants to go into the debate about those words semi. Listen, Candace Owens pointed out in that uh, piece that I talked about that Kanye gave the, not Kanye, Kyrie gave the Oxford Dictionary's uh, definition. That still wasn't good enough. You know, in other words, it's still what this, this organization believes that when they say something is anti-Semitic, that everybody's supposed to just accept it as that. And the thing is, is that uh, the brother was, you know, the brother wanted to just, uh, just come out with an all-out assault on Jewish and so on and so forth. Listen, people, religion, you know, that's for pe- people that that are into religion or whatever it is like that. I like what Malcolm X said. You know, you need to leave your religion at home because. You know, we're not going to agree on those kinds of things. That's not the kind of things we're going to agree. We're not going to agree on. But when we start talking about just straight history, now, if you're using uh, religious text as your history or whatever it is, I, I, that's okay for you. It's not okay for me. Uh, I, I, you know, and and I prefer to stick with what I consider to be the facts and to and to and to stick with what is in our interests and what is against our interests, what is hurting us what will help us and who is doing it. I don't think that the average Jewish person is doing what the ADL is doing. The ADL is a specific group of zealots that form, that perform a function. They believe in service or that they say in service of the larger group, but I don't think that they're really serving that larger group because they're really creating the very emotions that they complain about. You know, when you, when you beat down a Kyrie, Irwin, when you uh, emasculate him, when you put him on the whipping post, you know, they're not creating the black Jewish coalitions that they think could exist. I'm not looking for the, you know, that particular coalition. Uh, brother talked about how Marcus Garvey was uh, pilloried. If you if you look at how the, how the media is colonized, you can look at Wikipedia. If you look up Dr. Jeffrey's name, all the things that Dr. Jeffries did, in the middle of it, they're going to have something about anti-Semitism. If you look oh, up Marcus, question. if you look up Marcus Garvey in Wikipedia or something like again, right in the middle is going to be that stuff. See, that's uh, that's that's uh, how does that happen? How does it just everywhere you hear somebody talk? And I've heard black people talk. When they talk about Marcus Garvey, they're going to call him a 
anti-Semite. Marcus Garvey was too busy being for Africans to be anti-something. And he was, um, uh, I'm the Surgeon General of the UNIA, Marcus Garvey's organization. So, you know, I feel the right to speak on this. What Marcus Garvey said is if 400 million of us could, you know, just get to know who we are. That um, uh, and to understand that within us is a sovereign power, you know, something that is absolute and authority is absolute. Then overnight, we would have a, a a a new race, a nation, and an empire, irrespective of what the world thinks. And that's that's what I think we need to be about. Um, uh, don't get dragged down into rabbit holes. There's places when you have a fight, you know, when you're in a war, you have to consider all kinds of things. You have to consider the terrain. You have to consider which way the sun is shining. You have to consider all kinds of things. And you should pick the battleground that is to your advantage. When you start dealing with mythological stuff, I don't see where that's. That, that's not the ground I want to fight on. Now, if brother want to fight, if you want to fight on that, you do that. I'm going to stay with the facts. The ADL is a spy organization, uh, has been shown to be that. Uh, you know, in court documents and, you know, search warrants and, you know, various media accounts and that they're nobody that Kyrie should be meeting with. They're nobody that you should be paying a fine to. They're nobody that you should be enriching and that you should be giving any kind of credibility. And then if you have Jews like Lenny Brenner who attack it, I don't put him in that cat. I'm not going to put him in that category. If you have uh, a man married to a Jewish woman uh, like uh, 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 Wilbur Tatum, and he attacks the ADL and he attacks those things that they're doing and he exposes those things, I'm not going to put him in that category because I I want to stay focused on the particular. It's a war, and I want to stay focused on the particular battle that we are in in this particular war. So it's not just Kyrie and Kanye on the whipping post. It's us on the whipping post. And so so let me finish finish one point, brother. On the 26th at 2 p.m., we're going to have James Small on there with us. You say that our scholars and stuff. Yes, our scholars spoke up, but through the colonization of the media, you You don't don't, don't know what you don't know what our scholars have said. Yep. You don't know. You don't know what they've said because you're reading the mass market media, and then for you, that's what happened. But that's not all that happened. Lots happened. Come into the Zoom on the 26th. Also tomorrow, do, uh, on Tuesday, pardon me, Doctor Maat has a, a a platform. I I think it's mainly on YouTube. You'll have to look it up. I'll also put out an email tomorrow to tell uh, myself and Doctor Jeffries are going to be on that platform on Tuesday night. And we're going to talk about the Leonard Jeffries war that took place in the nineties with the same people. There's other documents that we have to show you the stuff that happened with those same people, how they put when William Lauren Katz came out, wrote a set a long thing for Jeffries. I, I don't want to fight with William Lauren Katz. I want to fight with the ones that's fighting me. Uh, okay, so yes, Europeans are doing certain things to us, but that doesn't mean that I want to hit the bus driver in the morning. It doesn't mean that. I want, you know, you're wasting your time because the majority of people, you know, d- deal with, you know, focus. <laughs> we got to get focused and we got to think in a military fashion. In a military fashion, you're trying to hit the the, the key things that can hurt you and the key things that are your problem. You don't want to fight everybody in the world. That's not, that's not to your advantage. Hey, Thanks for you, co- you know, Dr. Dr. McIntosh, I have to say this. 
you know, and, and, and when you talk about the 90s and all of that with Dr. Jeffries and City College and, you know, all that was going on, you know, I just laughed because I was right there. So, I mean, I know all about that stuff. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. The reality is this. I guess it must be my age and my frustration is, why is it 30 years later we still going through this bull sugar honey iced tea with these Jews? That's, that's my frustration. At some point in time, like What about you? What, you? what about you? You're not going ABL. No, what are you doing? You I, said that we're going through this. What are you? Are you going I'm through this? I'm talking about black people, myself also. I'm not, okay. I'm not leaving myself. I'm not leaving myself out of it. We all going through it. But my thing is, 30 years later, where are the scholars and the so-called leaders at to deal with the ADL? Why, why are we still allowing the because, ADL to do what they do? It's been said, because it's been said, if you want to hide something from our people, where do you put it? You put it in a book. All right? So Dr. Jeffries has written... I have written, James Small has written, and what we're doing here on this program today is to remind you of the stuff that we wrote and to tell you that it's the same stuff right now. If Kyrie and Kanye had read what we had written, then they would they would know what it was they were dealing with and they might have handled things in a different way. Uh, I hear your frustration, brother, but as I said before, we I don't I think what we have is a tactical you know, like the, what's the way to go about it? You know, what is the way to go about winning? What is the way to go about getting us off of this uh, whipping post? I believe that we need to eliminate media that's offensive to African people. I believe that we need to do all the things that Marcus Garvey said. No, you know, the no, no, Jew is behind giving. Yeah, I don't know whether that, you, 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 brother, you're making me very suspicious that you want to take this conversation. Yeah, they, they, yeah come on. In that way. Because the issue is, Dr. what I'm saying to you is, I understand and I agree with you. But you the issue is that these individuals are causing and our people like, harm and we're not in the position to defend ourselves. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, thanks for your contribution, bro. Let's go to 215. 215. Good, good evening, Brother Elliot. Good evening, Brother Richard. And good evening to your beautiful, beautiful distinguished guest, Dr. McIntyre and Brother Quabin. How y'all good brothers doing tonight? Great, brother. So, Thank you so much. You're more good. than welcome. Our, our praises be to Allah. You know, first right off the bat, I'm trying to make it, you know, tie this up real quick. As you, as we all know, Dr. King, they even labeled Dr. King uh, an anti-Semite at one time. So, I mean, we see that. that you know what I mean? I mean? Think about that, Dr. Uh, McIntosh and Brother Kwame. They call Dr. King an anti-Semite. I mean, these people, they have no... These human decency, for lack of a better word, you know, no bounds, no low bounds, boy, they not go, I tell you. But anyway, real quick, you know, Dr. McIntosh and Brother Kwame, I want to ask y'all two uh, gentlemen a question. When 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 that when that war criminal comes to the United States, like he annually do, uh, Netanyahu, the war criminal, when he comes to America and he speaks to APEC and stuff, I want to ask y'all, do 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 they do y'all do you or Dr. Uh, do you or uh, Brother Quabber and I get an email or, or whatever saying that, or saying well can, can y'all can they get y'all permission to do, do the Jewish community or the Jewish Congress 
ask y'all, can y'all have the permission for him for that criminal to come over and speak speak to the Congress? I don't think y'all get an email from them. And it's like, you know that answer. And the reason why I say that, I'm, be, I'm, I'm being facetious because that goes back to what Dr. McIntyre said earlier about the infant now, how they how they want to make it to the point where black people got to get permission. Cause, and I'm using that because it was it would happen. This happened about 10 maybe 15 years ago here in, here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I'm sure y'all familiar with this sister, Bev Smith. He used to do a show called Our Voices on uh, BET. Absolutely. Well, well, Bev Smith invited the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to speak in Pittsburgh where her show was based in, a syndicated show. So when she invited the minister, you know, this Jewish rabbi wrote in the Pittsburgh, I think it was the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he had the audacity, the, the, the lambast Miss Smith said, how dare you invite Louis Farrakhan without getting permission from us, us first. That was his exact words, Dr. McIntosh and Brother Kwabena, permission. I'm like, say, who the hell you think you're talking to, man? She ain't no child, she's a grown damn woman. But see, this is the kind of stuff they do to our people because we allow it, you know? Some of our, not you and me or individuals, like us as a, as a collective, but from a certain individual black leadership, they allow that, this is why they come at our people like that. They, they don't come at no other race of people with that kind of mother, father's, or paternist type attitude. And it, and it has to stop. It definitely has to stop. And, has, and that's why I applaud y'all for what y'all are doing on November 26th, Dr. McIntosh. That is so important what you and uh, uh, Brother Quab and I and all y'all are doing, having people like Leonard Jeffries, Dr. Jeffries, and, and Brother Professor Small, because this stuff's got, got to stop right now. And I will hope, by the grace of Allah, I will just hope and pray that this thing can reach the black athletes like Kyrie, LeBron James, Kanye, and can reach black media and get them some backbone when they when they see our strong brothers coming coming coming, you know, not not chucking the job but coming with the real truth. They can it can it can get them some backbone. It can get people like Leonard Jeff. I mean, people like uh, Hakeem Jeffries and, and Al Sharpton. They can even get yeah, make sure they get a copy of that. So that way, when our people heard of them strong brothers coming with the truth, they can stop kowtowing to these Zionist entities. Because I'm always very careful myself because like I said I know many a white Jewish people I ain't gonna say many but I know of a, quite a few Dr. McIntosh and they don't agree with Israel they don't agree with Israel mistreatment of our Palestinian brothers and sisters they don't agree with the, with the how they dis, dis, disrespect black people and stuff like that matter of fact like you said about the, the man uh, professor, uh, Dr. Katz they are called anti-Semitic one, one Jewish lady I had um Dinner with her. I'm gonna try to tie this up real quick. A few years ago at Islamic banquet down in, in Bethesda, Maryland, her name is I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Her name is Phyllis Bennis, and she's she's part of Jewish Voices for Peace. This woman has been she's been hard on Israel more than any any other person I know. She's Jewish, and she has been called a Jew hater. She has been called anti-Semitic because she comes down on that Nazi racist Zionist regime over in Israel. You know what I mean? So you got people out there among them fighting against them and everything like that. And that's why again I say it's important what y'all are doing because this disrespect that they had towards our people, where they want to control our people. And I and I, and I close these last two comments, uh, Dr. McIntosh, and. Brother Quabana, as you well know, a few years ago, and this is why I said how cowardly is black leadership. That's, that's maybe every November 26th, they can get some backbone and speak up. You had Benjamin Netanyahu, the war criminal, a, a, a rabbi, a prominent Jewish rabbi over in Israel, who was a co close ally of Netanyahu, he referred to black people as monkeys. He said we was monkeys, and, and when the Jewish press pushed back on them and stuff and told them, well, you know, what you're saying is wrong, and, and, and you shouldn't say things like that, you should apologize. He said, I'm not apologizing. I go by the Talmud. He said, in the Talmud, y'all, they are, these people are subhuman and stuff. I didn't hear one black leader, same Negroes that you see in that congressional back, they're so quick to come out and go after Minister Farrakhan or, any, or Dr. Jeffries. 
Them niggas that open up their damn mouth. See, that's the cowardice that I'm talking about. You can sit there and this man can demean our people and call our people monkeys, and y'all niggas don't, don't make them have no account of their behavior or their words, but you go after your own people. See, this, and that's why I said after November 26th, hopefully, Dr. McIntosh and, and Brother Quabrina, this could be a start in stopping that slave mentality and stuff like that. And like, and, and like you said, when you point out anything's critical, like you, like you told the brother, you just deal with the facts, Dr. You said, we ain't got to get in the name card. We deal with the facts. When you point out just facts about them, you're anti-Semitic. Like, for example, on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a black radio station as well as on a white station, when I point out a, the fact about how Israel, for years, supplied the racist regime in South Africa with weapons to kill our people in Soweto, uh, Sharpville, there, there was weapons that were given to South Africa by the Israeli government to murder our men, women, and children who was marching peacefully for human rights and stuff like that. But when you point that out, oh, you're anti-Semitic. When you point out, like you said earlier, and I close with this, Dr. McIntosh and Brother Quabrina, when you point out about the Jewish gangsters, I, showed, I told the L.A. many times, nobody was more vicious than these white Jewish gangsters, Maya Lasky, Bugsy Seagull. You know what I mean? These people was cold-blooded killers, man. Some of the guys were so cold-blooded, they make Al Capone look like a Boy Scout. Out, man, there was murder. There was murder incorporated. The Detroit Purple Gang, made up of Jewish gangsters, Albert, Albert, and all them guys. Them guys was cold-blooded killers. They created the, the, the drive-by. You know what I mean? But see, you point these things out, or oh, you are anti-Semitic. Ain't no damn anti-Semitic. The truth is the truth, man. Simple as that. Ain't nobody no anti-Semitic. Just telling the truth. That's all. So I, now that's all I want to say, Doctor McIntosh. I know y'all you know, want to close the show. Down. I just want to get my comments in, and, and and I applaud you and and Brother Palmer for what y'all doing. And like I said, I'm looking forward to November 26th. So hopefully, I can be. A, a groundbreaking thing, and it could be it could be that seed that we plant to finally throw off this yoke of, of Jewish white Jewish control over black people once for all. That can be the start and get these Negroes, cowardly Negroes, that congressional black caucus and others in the entertainment field to have some backbone and stand up like Dr. King said. Don't let anybody take your manhood and your womanhood away from you. So hopefully this this could this, this could be the start of something very beautiful, man. I'm, and I'm praying to Almighty God a lot for y'all success and that because y'all success means all of our success. And I applaud y'all too, brothers, for being honest and open. Open and not scared to, to speak the truth to power, man. That's all you can ask for. Thank you, Brother Ali. Put me on mute now. You know, stay, listen for the rest of the show. Thanks for your contribution, brother. You're welcome. Dr. McIntosh, listen, uh, I'm looking forward to the 26th. Uh, I got a request. Um, is it possible that uh, you could send me the stream address? Because I'd like to stream this across uh, uh, Time for Awakening, uh, you know, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. Uh, well, when you say the stream address, I can send you the uh, the link to the uh, to the Zoom. Good, and then I can just log on and stream it from that. Beautiful, beautiful. We appreciate that. Actually, uh, I wanted problem. to add to that brother's quotation. He quoted uh, uh, there was another uh, well the, at a funeral for a guy named uh, Baruch Goldstein, who was a, 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 a zealot. Uh, there was a rabbi Yaakov Perrin, and he said that one million Arabs are not worth a Jewish fingernail. So I, I just wanted to add that. I just wanted to put that out that he was trying to say in terms of, you know, like, see, when you're talking about the zealots, that's not the average person. That's the people, that's the kind of people that we are, are dealing with are these, uh, these zealots. And that's what we have to, I think, um, get, that's whose foot we have to get off of our neck. A million Arabs are not worth one Jewish fingernail. That's what he said. That was after this Baruch, I think, had done some sort of terrorist act. You know, before before we leave, uh, Brother Quabin, a question for you, because um, I've heard uh, Brother Scotty talk about you for a number of years and the, and the organization. Uh, 
clear the airwaves. You know, being that you are familiar with a lot of the, uh, you know, our, our young hip-hop artists, and they don't even really have to be that young, um, are, are they familiar with the work that you're doing? Do they come and openly talk to you about why they're uh, 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 portraying some of these negative images? Do, are they honest and say, well, listen, this is what this is how we're getting paid. We're instructed to do this. Uh, is there any conversation, or are they instructed to stay away from you? I'm not sure if they're instructed to stay away from us, but we've talked to some uh, artists, whether they be conscious artists, veterans, or new artists. Because the thing is, man, so many people want to rap, are are involved in a rap career. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Her, she was on the, on, the, on the phone with her grandson. Uh, I'm about to do something, but first I'm going to stay here and make some music for a few, uh, got a couple more hours before I do that. I got friends who uh, whose son have graduated in architecture, but making music. Uh, just everybody wants to be a rapper right now. Not everybody, but so many people. And so we talk to them when we can. It's just this, they have us so bewildered with this madness right now with mm-hmm. the jewels and the materialism that they push out, the, uh, the, the jewelry. You know, even I think about uh, Kanye and his rapping about Jacob the Jewelers so much. He made Jacob probably so much money. And it's so, yeah, they no, they don't they don't really get at us on, on that level. They know a lot of them know exactly what they're doing, and the extent of how horrible it is. We're doing a survey right now. We've been doing it for a couple of years. It's called the uh, the State of Black Music Survey. We asked the, the people the percentage of music they listen to, their their peers listen to that dropped the n bomb that refers to our women folk as bees and h's, and it tells us to, encourages us to shoot and kill each other. And the numbers are like in the 85, 90 percent range all around the country from Tampa to uh, to Seattle, to San Diego, to New York City. Those that, those are the ranges and everything in between of uh, how horrible this music is. And again, the, the vast majority of this music is put out by the uh, by a lot of executives that consider themselves to be Jewish. And you know, and so that that's the reality of, of what it is. I think when Malcolm answered the question, I saw that clip is circulating now when they accused Malcolm or this guy asked Malcolm about being anti Semitic. And, you know, he finished up by saying, we're just being specific as to the white man who's in, in these stores who are are um, who are who exploiting our communities with these stores and these businesses. He's saying it's not about being anti-Semitic. It's about, you know, so that's what Malcolm shared. Hmm. And, and that's what we got going on right now, you know, with uh, with so much of this music that's pushed out to our people. This whole this stuff is masquerading as music, this toxic propaganda. Listen, I want to thank both of you brothers for, for sharing with us this evening, sharing with our listening audience. I'll be looking forward to, uh, uh, I got both of your numbers now, so uh, calling on you periodically to come on and share with us. And also, I'd like to get some of those statistics that uh, the, uh, the organization is compiling in reference to the music, uh, Brother Coavita. Okay. Brother Richard. We'll share. Yes, I um I don't, you know, one thing that out of this discussion, I, I just want to emphasize for my point, and, and it goes to what you were um, saying, Dr. McIntosh, to one of the callers. Um, this ADL system, if it is as we're describing it, uh, you know, whether it's Jewish or not, that it has that much power and influence to regulate our speech and image and have us responding. And the, and the 
the thing that bothers me is that we don't have any mechanism in place of defense from it. That, to me, is beyond the pale. And that that system, you know, whether they're 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 so um, singularly focused or not, has so much have so many tentacles at various levels of power to where they can do that to us, and and it's beyond a pro- reproach, is dangerous to us that we don't have a system to protect us from it, and we're always reacting to it. And they're just feeding the minds of future generations to be solid. And I'm hearing people 50 years old, 40 years old, 30 years old saying, well, you should have known better than say anything. Which means that we're not going to say anything just because of what somebody's doing, how they're responding to a phrase. And they created the phrase anti-Semitic. That's a phrase that could be applied anywhere on anything. They created it, and we're responding to being silent because of that network. Um, That's scary. And out of this conversation, just reinforce how scary and potent that network is. Well, I'm going to post. Is there a way I can post in this chat here the, uh, the link for you right now? Oh uh, yeah, right at the bottom. Um, okay. Uh, if you uh, run your mouse across the bottom, you'll see that the thing that says chat. It's next okay. to meeting meeting info. All right, I did it. Now let me just see where. I just want to see where I can put it in there. Okay, uh, let me not. Okay, you know what? I'll just send it to you in an email. Bro. Good. It, Good. Easiest. Okay. Good. And so and so, Ky- Kyrie did play play tonight, and there was a group of. Uh, I don't know. Wasn't safe there. I don't know if they were protesters or supporters, um, black Hebrew Israelites, African Hebrew Israelites, or, or Hebrews out at the uh, Barclays Center. Yeah, I did. See, I, yeah, I did see that they were outside. Uh, but this was a couple of games ago where they. So I guess they continued their support from the outside. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, again, I want to thank you, men, for and, and Richard. Let me say this in reference to what you were saying, because. Um, CMOTAP is an organization that, you know, fights media racism and negative perceptions of our people. So we do have at least one organization that has been functioning for a number of years that needs to be supported. Uh, you know, we're doing our best now and in the past to, to highlight these organizations, let our people know what's going on and how they can get involved. And so before we leave, uh, brother, uh, or Dr. McIntosh, tell the listening audience how they can support CMOTAP, how they can get involved, open a chapter in their city, anything that you want to let us know. The floor is yours. Okay, Brother Quabner, you, you want me to go? You, you, you check out our Clear the Airways Project, um, cleartheairwaysproject.org. Also in Philadelphia, there was a group called Raves Against the Ratchet uh, that was working on issues uh, with the media. Brother Carvin Hagen's the producer. Does he work? Also, he, does he work closely with you, Brother Carvin? We we worked together, him and Harold Russell, for a little while with the National Black Leadership Alliance and what have you. But we, for a little while, but uh, I'm not sure how much work they're doing now. But they were very strong and uh, holding protests and demonstrations at Power 99. And actually, they they got the city of Wilmington, Delaware, to pass a resolution condemning 
the ratchet killer radio stations in Philadelphia. We did the same and, and Gary following their lead. And also there's a, uh, there's a resolution that's pending right now in the largest city in the country, New York city that we work with CMOTAP and, um, uh, educate to empower, uh, to get that, uh, again, back to them to let them know to go ahead and have some action on that resolution that's sitting in their, uh, city council chambers right now. Richard, were you, are you aware of the brother that, uh, that uh, Kwabana just spoke on? No, I no. Okay, I was getting ready to check through, check it out, follow okay. up on. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, thank you to you brothers for having us on here. This is a big support right here, where we can just talk to people and tell people, uh, you know, and give the information to people at our forum on the twenty sixth. You know, we'll give you our cash app. We'll give you our address, our mailing address, and I mean, anybody who wants our mailing address, it's Simotap at 13505 Rockaway Boulevard, South Ozone Park, New York. And that's 11420. So that's CMOTAP, 13505 Rockaway Boulevard, South Ozone Park, New York, 11420. But uh, this, you know, to really be able to talk for a couple of hours uh, with people who are interested and to exchange the ideas. And I, I'm so glad that Brother Quabin was able to come on with me. Uh, this is uh, this is this is support. Uh, it's not the kind of, you know, we're, ne- we're always going to be out numbered, outgunned, outfinanced. I told you back in the 90s, the ADL's budget was 30 million. So I know it's, you know, over 30 million. So I know it's more than that now. It's probably double or triple that. Who knows? Um, but money isn't everything, you know, basically, yes. uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's being, it's being in the right and, uh, being ready to sacrifice what you have to sacrifice in order to win. Brothers, I want to thank you for being with us and talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Okay, now. Yes, sir. Please, sir, brother. All right. Richard. Richard, excellent uh, conversation uh, with our guest this evening. Uh, Your opinions. No, I, I, I agree. I, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, the more we become informed and more we stay focused on the organization more than the accusations for me, um, the more we'll be um, tactical in what we have to do and what institutions we have to build. Um, uh, uh, that's, 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 that's my focus. And, and that's what I, I gather out of this discussion the importance of the organization um, because now it goes that um, um, Dr. McIntosh mem- mentions Coakley uh, uh, very, you know, frequently. And one thing that Coakley told us was name the names. Now we know the organization. We know what they can do. We see what they do. Um, Let's, you know, let's start naming the names of the people who has to communicate with this person. Cause it ain't just like, it's either the people do it on their own, like, or somebody's communicating, somebody's creating a relationship with somebody in order for them to have a network that that's effective. 
And that's what I think that's important for us to do, not just generalize about a people, but when this organization is operating with an objective to keep the image of black men and black people and the the freedom of speech black people have, when if that's their objective, we need to know who and even where the money come from. And if we if they get money from taxpayers' money to do that, and we pay in taxes, that don't make no sense to me. I mean, I'm I, that part there, and I didn't hear anybody really refer that, but I don't think we really um, laid out who's funding this. Who is who is this that's funding this? Regardless of who it is that has this kind of ability, that has this kind of power, and that's what I thought. Um, that's what I feel that um, this discussion starts down that path and, and what will happen on, was that the 27th or the 26th? 26th. What will happen on the 26th will further down that path of naming the names so that we are actually zeroing in on something that is actually working against and placing fear. You know, if Ky- if Brother Kyrie got four, what, so many million followers, how many of those million followers, you know, in their own mind is saying, well, I better not say that. Checking themselves because he got checked. And, and by the same token, Richard, how many of those million followers are saying, you know what, enough is enough. Right. I'm not going to respond. See, that's what they're worried about. They're worried about the the other ones. They're not worried about the ones that's going to be like some of these ones that you see, the talking heads and the ones that, uh, you know, some of the comments that you've heard about, uh, he should have knew better than to say that, things of that mm-hmm. nature. They're concerned about the ones that's going to say, oh, wait, wait a minute. Because, I mean, and the reason I'm saying that, Richard, in the past month, you didn't have four incidents of men that are relatively uh, between the age of 30, they're millennials. I'll put it that way. You didn't have four incidents of millennials that have spoken on this issue that have been labeled anti-Semitic. And the last one that I wasn't aware of was Tory Smith. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we can see that this, this, this stuff is changing all the time. And it goes towards a bigger picture of a falling of a system. Now, you know, we could talk about that at a later time, <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is something for our people to really take, uh, a look at and start rallying around one another a lot more. Mm-hmm. Richard, before we leave, if you, uh, give me a minute, because I, w- I want to credit, uh, the brothers in there and some of the other brothers from each one teach one. That uh, thing that I uh, that you shared with me was really interesting to kind of let people give a background mm-hmm. of things dealing with our struggle here and who was involved early on. Uh, if you humor me, Richard, I want to share just a few minutes of this with the listening audience. Um, 
and and folks can check this out too. This is this is this is really interesting. I want to credit those brothers, and when they can come on, <clears throat> and when they can come on, I like them to kind of talk about it themselves because they're the ones that did a lot of the research. Because I'm only scratching the surface of some of the things that they presented, Richard. But they talked about uh, New York City. And I think we touched on it a couple programs ago when you, when you mentioned about the convention that was held up there in New York and the, the free, right. our free ancestors that was up there and also the ones that were uh, still enslaved, but they weren't enslaved like on a plantation. They were, you know, working domestics, working in houses, which was still slavery. Right. You had, and at that time, the free segment of blacks started doing things in their communities. And one of the things that they were doing was putting on Shows, plays to entertain mm-hmm. a black population. Now, I want the listening audience, write these names down and research it yourself. The first person I want to share with was William Alexander Brown, also known as William Henry Brown, lived from 1790 to 1884. He was an American playwright and theatrical producer. He is considered the first black playwright in America. Brown was born in the West Indies and worked on a ship as a ship steward. After retiring from maritime work, he settled in a community of free blacks in Manhattan District of New York City. In 1816, he opened a summer tea garden in New York called the African Grove Theater. The first Mm -hmm. resident the first resident all-black theater company in America to cater to the community of blacks. The African Grove featured music, uh, theatrical, and occasionally outdoor entertainment until officials closed it down in 1821. Brown uh, reformed his group of performers in the African theater, also known as the African Company, and continued to perform outdoors. Brown's theater company was constantly harassed by white hoodlums. Eventually, the nearby Park Theater, fearing competition, and the city sheriff forced the African theater to close. Brown continued performing outdoors illegally. The last recorded performance of the African theater was on Mercer and Houston Street in January 1824, and it wasn't until, until after the Civil War that all black theater companies begin to emerge again. Now, Richard, mm. it talked about him starting the African Grove mm-hmm. Theater, mm-hmm. an African theater company. But it said it was shut down by city officials in 1821. And basically, when, when they were forced to do it outside, uh, they, were, they were really came against in 1824, it totally was closed down. Now, it just says city officials and, and white hoodlums. Mm-hmm. Now, let me read this other one for the listening audience. Just uh, do, your, do your own little research. Uh, look up William Alexander Brown. Look at everything in reference to him, and especially if you have young people involved in theater. Let them know who these men were. But let me share with you the backstory behind this stuff being closed down and, and the, the black uh, the black theater 
that was going on in the black community was shut down. Because if you do the research, you'll see that whites were coming to this, this black theater and patronizing. Let me read this to you, uh, listening audience, and mark it down. Mordecai Manuel Noah, 1785 to 1851, born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was an American sheriff, playwright, journalist. He was born a Sephardic Jew ancestry. He was the most important Jewish lay leader in New York in the early 19th century and the first Jew born in the United States to reach national prominence. His politically motivated reviews, blasting plays and performers of the colored William Brown African Grove Theater led to his identification as the originator of the stereotypical stereotypical black portrayed in American minstrels and is known as the father of Negro minstrelly. Now, Richard, it said that he was a journalist. Mm-hmm. And he wrote all kinds of scathing reviews about the African Grove Theater. Mm-hmm. Because he was putting on plays that the people wasn't coming to see. The people was going to see the African Grove Theater plays with black performers. Okay. Mm-hmm. doing regular plays, not just minstreling. They said that mm-hmm. he was the father of those negative images that went all over the world. Now, let me finish this up. It says, Noah, Mordecai Noah was a vocal proponent of slavery in the United States in the mid-1800s. Noah wrote that to emancipate slaves would be to jeopardize the safety of the whole country. The Freedom's Journal called Noah the black man's bitterest enemy. Noah wrote a play called The Fortress of Sorrento, which was poorly reviewed and never staged by a white theater. However, the African Grove Theater staged and performed it, being associated with African Americans whom he dubbed as eternal slaves made Noah very angry. He raided the theater, declared it illegal, and denounced black Americans as unfit to vote or hold office. Now, wait a minute. Just remember that I said that he was an American sheriff. So right. He had power in New York. Right. So when you see the first one saying that the African Grove Theater was shut down in 1821, he did it. He did this. The first, what this thing said, the first Jew of prominence in the United States was an avowed racist. Let me finish this up. Uh, Noah was known to use his power as the editor of the National Advocate and law enforcement powers as a sheriff to personally shut down rival plays produced by black theater groups that drew attention and revenue away from his productions. With some reports that the performers uh, continued to recite their lines as they were being dragged from the stage to prison cells. Now, this guy shut down black theaters so he could put on blackface and zip coons and all this other stuff. He was the father of this Negro minstreling. The Freedom's Journal said that he was uh, that type of stuff was degrading and insulting to black people. The, the Freedom's Journal was the first black publication in the United States, right, Richard? Yep. 
they said that he was they said that he was the black man's bitterest enemy. This Jewish uh uh the first uh it's getting let me read it again. He was the most important Jew lay leader in in New York in the early 1900s and the first Jew born in the United States to reach national prominence. And about racist shut down black theaters up there, dragged the performers off to jail, didn't want them performing or voting or doing anything, and then said, well, let me do something. I'll put on theaters and put cork, black cork on people's faces and have them jumping around with all types of racial stereotypes. Maybe they'll apologize for that. Because let me read this here before I close it out. Uh, and this is in the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Minstrel show, also called minstrelsy, an American theater form, popular, excuse me, an American theatrical form, popular in the early 19th and early 20th centuries that was founded on the comic enactments of racial stereotypes. Although the form gradually disappeared from the professional theaters, its influence endured in vaudeville, early radio, television, as well as motion pictures and the music world industry of the 20th and uh, and 21st century. So, Richard, is saying that those things are still around now. The racial stereotypes, mm-hmm. the negative images being portrayed all around the world. And it's kind of odd that the same people in power and these record companies, these movie productions, were the same one historically that shut down the first black theaters in this country and was the father of the so-called Negro minstreling. Maybe that's anti-Semitic, but it looked like a fact to me. Hey, hey, see, now, Ellie, you know, you, you know, you know, I ain't supposed to do this, but you, you know, started something. I just want to do a paragraph, if you don't mind. No. And this is this is in the Jewish Encyclopedia, uh, JewishEncyclopedia.com, um, talking about Noah, a projected city of Ararat. With this purpose in view, Noah, in 1825, originated the plan of establishing a Jewish colony on the Grand Island in the state of New York with the assistance of a friend, a Christian of the, of the name of Samuel Lackett. He purchased 2,555 acres of land for the sum of $16,985, feeling assured of the success of this undertaking and of the readiness of the co-religious to follow him, he issued on September 1st of that year a manifesto to the Jews throughout the world, Jews throughout the world calling upon them to make ready for migrating to and setting up in the new colony, which he named Ararat, and the and the dedication of which took place in the great state in Buffalo, September 1825. But Noah was soon undeceived with, with regard to the attitude of his co-religionists 
religionists towards his ideal scheme. The Jews of Europe and America not only declined to aid him, but even opposed and ridiculed his plan, which was utterly abandoned almost immediately after the dedication ceremony had taken place. Now, this is 1825. Um, it sounds like a Jewish state to me. <laughs> yeah. Did that come into being? Say that again, I'm sorry. I said, did that, did that ever come into being? Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, but the same, same person, the two same. different plans. Just, just saying. Yep. The same person. The same person that shut down Black Theater in New York City. A major metropolitan city even at that time, Richard. That people were seeing because people was coming from different parts of the world, coming to New York and seeing theater. And according to their own writings, it says that whites were going to see the African theater. And they were playing... Um, even if it was European play, they were playing the 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 English plays of the time. Yeah, Shakespeare but, and all I mean, that other stuff. Yeah. When you put what he came up with was the imagery, the de- you know that minstrel imagery, white people and black face, um, exaggerating black behavior. And one thing about the theater is that that becomes the way. Because white people, especially white immigrants, they couldn't read. So where did they get to learn about black people? <laughs> that was what the- images do they get about black people if you're not around them? That was these mutual shows. That was the mass media of the time. There you go. And those those crazy negative images of our ancestors was propagated by the same people now that's saying you hurt their feelings by stating facts. Now, maybe I'm telling a lie, but if I am, verify it yourself. Go look up those names. Go look them up. Look up Mordecai Emanuel Noah. Look up William Alexander Brown, also known as William Henry Brown. See what happened in the early 1800s in New York City and why. And then what happened after that with the explosion of these minstrel shows all over this country with negative images of us going all across. They even had, you know, they showed uh, uh, Mammy and all these other, the buck, you know, there were some of our ancestors from down south that wore the tatted clothes and things of that nature. But then they had a stereotype of the zip coon, Richard. The zip coon was the free blacks that lived in New York City, Philadelphia, and others that wore uh, clothes, you know, they wore regular clothes, wore a suit. They even made fun of them. Everybody was made fun of and laugh with degrading stereotypes that went all over the world. They took those minstrel shows all over there to Europe and other places. And you see who was behind it. Before we leave tonight, I want to give the lineup on time for an awakening media. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, African Perspectives with Brother Oshi. Always interesting dialogue and topic on African Perspectives. That's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 11 a.m. 
to 1 p.m. I mentioned before that some of the, the lineup is going to change going into the new year. I do want to announce the return of Black Reality Think Tank and Dr. William Rogers will be coming back on December the 1st after a, a little health uh, issue. But uh, he's ready and, and, and can't wait to get, jump back in the saddle. So that'll be December the 1st, uh, Black Reality Think Tank. And his regular spot, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on uh, Time for an Awakening Media. On Wednesday, the Black Farmers Program, West Georgia Cooperative, from 7 to 8 and from 8 to 9, uh, Black Agenda Report with Dr. David Muhammad. On Thursday, Mississippi on the Move, uh, the Black Liberation uh, Movement, with Brother Patrick Lumumba. That's 7 to 8 on Thursday. And on Friday, Time for an Awakening is back from 8 until. Also, Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Elders of Sankofa with Brother Alfonso Watkins. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. Lively discussion as always. And keep your dial tuned because the 26th, which is this Saturday, coming up uh, at 2 p.m., uh, we plan to air the Simotap virtual form. No more whipping posts for Kyrie and Kanye. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the program this evening. Lively discussion as always, and we'll be back on Friday, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. Peace. If you're driving through the country on a lazy afternoon, Children playing after school. They seem to be so unaware. Oh, I know, I know the thing that they'll soon have to take care of.
children to save the children